You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the White People on Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white savior films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And I don't know, dog. <laughs> I don't know. There's movies this... that we put on. But but some list. white man thought he knew. Oh, well, <laughs> we're, I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to get into it in just a second. There's some movies we put on this list, and I and I put them on knowing damn well. I will, I will have to watch them eventually and also will not enjoy them. And this is one of those movies that, like, as soon as I put it on the list, I was like, one of these days. Uh, it's... The note I put was the most racist movie we've watched <laughs> so far. I'm pretty certain of it. There is a ton to unpack, and we're, we're very happy and lucky to welcome back friend of the show, Dare Johnson, to come in and break this down with us because... This is a movie that I feel like there's 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 people who I'm sure have either read this book, watched this film before, and it's it's something that has kind of always been in my periphery. Like I've known that it exists and like what it is, but like never had any actual interest in reading or watching it because why <laughs> would I do that to myself? But uh, here I am doing that to myself. <laughs> Uh, and Dara, just I, I I was gonna say explain yourself, uh, but that feels accusatory. And you're a guest, and I you know I'm not coming at you like that. But what what made you choose today's movie, which is Black Like Me? So I'm gonna be honest with you. I was just kind of looking, and I was like, okay, what would be good? What would be good? And the title was interesting to me because I was like, what could that possibly mean? Especially for like, it's on this podcast list. Mm. So I look it up and I remember like a couple of years ago, I actually read a thread, came across a thread on Twitter about this exact story about the, you know, him just doing this um, and writing the book. But I didn't think too much of it at the time besides that's some wild shit. And I did not know that they had adapted it into film. So then I was like, well, now I have to watch this because I need to know how, honestly, I was like, how are they going to make this a narrative? And how are they going to try to attempt to sell this as like a film for people to willingly watch? Like what, what is, what's, what is the, the what's the buy-in here? I, I just need to see this and I wasn't going to watch it by myself. So, you know. Mm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Oh, you are very welcome. <laughs> well, so let's, just dive literally right into it for people who were talking around it and people are kind of like what what's so bad about this movie <laughs> what is the thing so black like me the book right first of all is a book by a journalist john howard griffin who was living in texas and like had done some reporting in and around race in the state this was you know the 1950s and you know, he was also like a journalist. We'll get into his life because he does have a very interesting wild life. Um, but one day, this white man <laughs> had the idea to not just go down to the Deep South to document the racism that was happening there, but in order to authentically do it, to really get a true understanding of Jim Crow and segregation and all of these things, he decided 
I need to be black. Now, I know what you're thinking <laughs> in your mind. Oh, no, this white man put on blackface and went down to Alabama. No, no, no. This white man <laughs> took vitiligo pills and went under a sun lamp for months to become dark. I have pictures I will show you right now. I don't know. Do, have either of you seen actual pictures? I've seen, no. I've seen, I've Cameron seen, I've seen actual, actual pictures. Okay. This will, will be a live react. I will pull up some actual pictures of uh, <laughs> this. Because man. Go ahead, Cam. The, the, the concept of melanin pills alone. I know some of the people out there are probably like melanin pills. That's not a real thing. And sure enough, they are. <laughs> um, what a disappointment also that they are. <laughs> but it, it, they're marketed as like a drug. Well, but here's that, the thing, right? Like, again, for, for people with vitiligo, right? And I'll, I'm just going to show you this, this now, Karen. So yeah, let's go. Let's go. It. Um, but so this is this is John Howard Griffin. I love this caption: John Howard Griffin, no, Negro, no, John Howard no. Griffin, White. Cause, just cause in case you couldn't tell, tell. <laughs> he's a completely different person. No, <laughs> I haven't actually seen this particular picture. No. Yeah, um, I've only seen the one like in the left hand corner mm. of this. Like this, that that front face, like full on face, is terrifying. Oh, that's so bad. He looks yes. like a. DJ Monk, like, <laughs> but also gold-plated, like a gold-plated DJ Monk. So, who's going to sell me body oils out the trunk of his car? <laughs> so John Howard Griffin undergoes this quote-unquote transformation, and he goes down into the deep south for six weeks, and then comes back and is like, "Damn, being black is it sucks. I would not oh, recommend." Man zero stars <laughs> did you did you ever watch a review on comedy central mm. this feels like yes. this feels like an episode of that where you they would just be did this. they should have like, did this zero stars um so that's the that's the story that's the that's the book that was an actual thing that did happen in real life and he makes this book it's a bestseller it sells over 12 million copies gets a lot of great reviews and they decide to make it into a movie and if it, if the book wasn't already questionable enough the movie has a lot of other questionable things because the movie stars james whitmore now if you thought that john Howard griffin did not look like a black man <laughs> my god james this... whitmore looks even less like a black man than that white man does and so this movie is is and is not a faithful adaption of the book and we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit but the movie comes out so the book comes out in 1959-1960 the movie comes out in 1964 and it stars James Whitmore it's directed by Carl Leiner a white man written by Carl Leiner and Gerda Leiner two white people um and I, you know, there's, it's one of those things, movies of this time, it was the same thing where we did 12 Angry Men, where it's mm -hmm. like the information that we usually look for in terms of box office and budget and all that other stuff isn't available, but also like the budget, I have to assume very low because 
both like twenty dollars. I watched it on I watched it on Tubi at first, and the quality was terrible. So then I switched over to YouTube, and it was the same quality. <laughs> okay, good because I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, and I was like, okay, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay for this. So out of these two free options, this is the least terrible version of this movie. But it it's not it's shot. Not well. (laughs) I honestly thought it was a documentary for maybe the first like five or six shots. Mm. And then was like, oh, no, they tried to make a movie. Oh, no. But I'm going to I'm going to get into the five minutes and I'm going to do it in five minutes because there's really not a plot to the movie. It there's not. It just it's vibes. uh, If you can call it that. (laughs) So. They're negative vibes for sure. Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder vibes. Yes. Um, so right, here's here's Black Like Me, right? Because the movie takes the book, it takes a lot of excerpts from the book, changes them for reasons I don't understand, merges them into different scenes and situations, and then completely changes the ending. <laughs> in a wild way but in the movie and i i mean first of all i don't really understand this either because they changed his name to john finley horton when like not only john Howard griffin a literally a real person but also wrote the book also like told people that was his name when he was like he wasn't hiding or like you know didn't want to be associated with it like that was him so i don't know why they Gave him a different name, but he goes under the same situation. The movie is very confusingly organized as well because it's a series of flashbacks and then like you get back to him in the South. But more or less, that's what happens. He goes out. He has an idea. He wants to go and understand what it's like to be black in the South. So he goes down to, I think, first Louisiana to New Orleans and like He's on a bus. White people are racist to him. He gets down to New Orleans, meets a black man who's like, hey, let me let me tell you how it is down here. Right. And so they go and have like a series of more or less misadventures in New Orleans where like he's in this cafe and this black man is giving like a B-rate like uh, Juilliard impression where it's like this was my <laughs> audition <laughs> monologue for Macbeth but I didn't get chosen so like let me sing some like opera to you and uh you know tell you how much I hate black people and then talk about his ass <laughs> <laughs> he meets a shoe shine who when he originally came down to New Orleans as a white man you know like made sure that he had contact with him. and he comes back and he's like guess what I'm black now and so the shoe shine is like, all right, I guess this is a thing that's happening to me. And uh, <laughs> like gives him a job and they kind of work for a little bit. And then he decides it's time to move on. There's a weird like triptych kind of thing where he takes three different rides with three different white men. They all ask about his dick and like how much he wants to have sex with white women. And then the last white man who comes along is just the nicest white man. And he's like, <laughs> I'm, I, I should not have judged white people is his conclusion because some of them are good uh, so that we just have that takeaway in this movie and then once he's down I believe in Mississippi he is going around trying to get jobs from people and they're like but you're a nigger and he's like okay 
Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that. It's not funny. That's not. I mean, it's funny. <laughs> um, he goes to. Well, he gets yeah, he gets picked up by this like sociologist. I think oh, I can't man. really. I, I don't understand. He literally was at their door. Yeah, and like he 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 gets picked up in like a cafe, I think, and then they go back to like a room and like again he wants to know all about his penis and he's like, show me your penis, and he's like, I'm gonna choke you to death. <laughs> Wait, that was that was the best part because he's like, let's compare dicks, and then he's like angry because white men uh, assume that all black men have giant dicks. And he's like, how dare you treat me like this and not treat me like a person? How dare you treat so me like a giant penis human? <laughs> right. Ah! So then he chokes out the sociologist guy. And then after the guy, the sociologist passes out. And when he comes to, all he has to say is, I'm not queer. Yeah, I'm he's not like, queer, though. <laughs> he's like, well, I guess that's a takeaway. That settles that. <laughs> so it's that literally happens. the only thing he says. Oh my god, it's so weird. Um, and then eventually he ends up with this family who, you know, like multiple generations. There's an older black man, there's a younger black man, and you know, they're they're getting along, they're talking about what the race should do and you know, all of this stuff. Until the younger black man reads an article in the paper exposing him as a white man this whole time. And he shows his father and they have a whole argument with him. And then John is like, but come on. You know what I mean? Like, aren't I helpful a little bit? I'm one of the good ones. I want my kids to to grow up in the South and be good people, too. And the black guy the the younger son is like fuck you you know what i mean i'm gonna go join the black panthers that don't exist yet um <laughs> <laughs> i'm feeling militant and i don't have i don't want to do any of this bullshit and so he walks out and the dad is like but white people are going to read this right and they're going to like change and be better and he's like we'll see uh <laughs> yo he walks away he's a, uh, as a white man and goes you. back to being white, and that's <laughs> the end of the movie. But it he feels is. bad because black people—it's—it's—it's it's, it's hard to be black. That's what he learns. Um, it does end on a big shrug emoji. It's like, <laughs> hey bro, man, the entire thesis of uh, do you guys watch Community? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The entire thesis of this movie is that one uh, after credit stinger on Community where they were doing uh, Fiddler on the Roof and <laughs> they just had Troy and like the beard like it's hard to be Jewish. It's hard to be Jewish. It's hard to be Jewish in Russia. Yo, like that is this film. It, it certainly is. And I feel like now's the appropriate time to play. Because what I want to talk about first is I'm I'm going to do a little bit of restructuring because I want to talk about some research first, right? And what okay. is different from the book than in the movie. Because when I watched the movie, my immediate thought was, none of this happened. What? Like, not like this? You know, like, I knew about, like, the actual, like, experiment of him going down there. But there's so many odd things that happened in this movie that I was like, I got to read this. I got to read this book. I need to know how much of this is is from his actual accounts and how much of this is like weird shit that they made up, right? So, 
I won't get into all of it now because there's some things that we can talk about later. But like the things I want to bring up, because I think what <laughs> makes this movie so and the book both so frustrating is that like literally his his thought is I cannot even begin to know what black people think unless I literally <laughs> change myself into a black person, which is a wild, I've never thought in my life <laughs> in any time trying to understand somebody who's not like me, the only way that I could know what their life is like is if I put together some kind of cosplay and like infiltrate their community, you know, their identity and walk around and just pretend to be them because he doesn't do any research. He didn't talk to well, nobody. Yeah, let's get that. Okay. Also, <laughs> disclaimer, big disclaimer. This man, this is not scientific at all. My dude is took melanin pills and was like walking outside now. Right. Like he didn't didn't do any type of prep work. No he rules. literally was just like, cool, I'm a nigga. I'm gonna go out to the hood now. Like <laughs> I'll fit right in. So he like yep. he goes he goes down there. But so in the book, it's not better. But like what is what is different though is the movie portrays him as a white man. Like it's very confusing because he's talking to white people the way that white people talk to white people. You know what I mean? Like right. he's having interactions with white people where he's getting very indignant and he's getting very frustrated and very upset. And like forgetting that he is black, <laughs> or supposed to be spots, pretending to be black. There are a lot of spots in that movie where I was like, "Well, he wouldn't have done. He would have been killed, and he would have <laughs> known that if he did this, he would have been killed. He wouldn't have done that." Yeah, he, he choked a white man, <laughs> just walked away. He choked a white man and walked away, and then like thirty minutes later, he casually walks up to a little white girl on the beach and just yes. starts a conversation <laughs> with her. I okay. was like, "Dog." <laughs> also other disclaimer about this movie this is what this is the problem with every scene in this movie he just enters a situation and the the also i love that the movie just frames every situation let's take for example uh something that happens later in the movie he sits on a bench next to a lone white woman yeah the the frame is just the scene starts bop white woman sitting on a bench reading a newspaper or something like that you know what's going to happen because there's an empty seat on the bench. We're all waiting for it to happen, right? He sits down on the bench. Ah, got to put these feet up. Got to gotta rest my gams. And this white woman is like, excuse me, Negro man. And he's like, <laughs> me? <laughs> Completely flabbergasted. Confused. Confusion. Confusion meme. Question marks <laughs> over his face. He has no idea every time he steps into a black situation that black people will be treated like this, even though it's the very thesis of the work, whatever it's, work he thinks it is. Look, look, the entire basis of his work is I think black people aren't treated well. And yet anytime someone treats him and that's the other thing about this movie, and I'm sure Jordan, you're going to get into it, mm. but all of the situations in which he's treated poorly in the movie are so light like they're just the right. barest of and he's just like oh my god i can't believe this lady what? frowned at me Who, like she, she she saw me and frowned well because i think i the, made her sad so let's take that scene for example right in the book 
what he describes is that he was in like a a quarter of I want to say Mississippi, and like so much of the book, so much of the book is just him describing how much he's walking around, <laughs> and like he's he's not able to like you know eat places and drink water places and like use the bathroom places. So he's he's walking around. He's tired. He's hungry. So like here he's walking through a park and sits down. And there's no there's really nobody around. And he just sits, so he's not sitting next to a white woman in the book. He just has a seat. And then a white man walks by him and says the same thing to him, like, you should move along, right? And so, like, in his mind, he processes that as, oh, this man is giving me a helpful tip that, like, I should I should move, right? Because, like, black people aren't allowed in this area. He goes and tells that to some of the people he's staying with at the YMCA. And they're like, nigga, no, he was telling you that he doesn't like you. <laughs> he was telling you to leave because you are black. And he, he was, was like warning you. <laughs> oh, you know, but like so baby ass. Like what I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be really angry at this man. He doesn't really exist anymore. You, you should be angry at this man. We're gonna talk about it. So <laughs> like the thing about it is like so much of the book is him having, you know, these experiences where he is just like despondent and like it gets it gets very strange uh because in the in the movie in the movie it feels like he is at all times a white man who just happens to be in the i mean literally James Whitmore i'm assuming is just they just painted him up <laughs> just took a a paint roller and just went head to toe and yeah. uh, put him on set and in, in real life John Howard Griffin we're talking about how he looked in just a second, but like he is very much so trying to keep as low a profile as possible. Like he's not really going up to white people. He makes a very strange choice to not lie to anyone, you know? So like his whole thing in the book is like, if anybody asks or if anybody suspects or if anybody, I'll just tell them, which was like, that's weird. I don't know why you do that, but he was like, I'm going to use my defeat defeat the purpose of the yeah experiment. he's like i'm gonna use my real name i'm gonna tell people exactly what i'm doing i'm gonna tell people you know like i'm not gonna lie to anyone okay but like he also isn't trying to make a scene like he's very much just trying to like mm-hmm. go through the paces walk around interact with people you know in a low-key manner in the movie he's kind of like inserting himself into things and then yes becoming mm-hmm. upset when people don't treat him equally which is like isn't that what you thought was going to happen in the first place (laughs) so (laughs) um that's one of the changes and then there's two changes that i was when i read it i was like what so the first one obviously 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 is the scene where he has a flashback and is laying in bed next to his wife and says to her so if I came home as a Negro, what would you do? And she would be like, oh, well, you know, you'd have another, you'd have like a tan or something. Like you always look good tanned or whatever. And he's like, no, if I laid in bed with you with my nigger penis <laughs> and got on top of you and you had sex with a black man, <laughs> and she was like, oh, 
<laughs> Bro, she was so shook. Because he was like, no, it wouldn't be me. It would be as if there was a Negro in the bed. And then she looked at him like, what? And the then he goes... <laughs> Does that excite you? <laughs> she was like, right. bro. He went to the nth degree to cuck himself <laughs> with his like... own wife. And he yo, he, the 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 fact that he goes so hard with this, like he is like, no, shush. Listen to me. <laughs> He's like, I will no, have a large I'm serious. I will have a large nigger penis. <laughs> Think about having and, sex with me, but not me. But black it's me black but having me. sex with the black man. Tell me how that makes you feel in detail. <laughs> Explain and the wildest, it back to me. The wildest part, well, the I wildest thing about that scene to me, besides that being something they just decided to put in the screenplay for right. some reason, um, is the fact that that was a flashback. So that happened before, before. he got the procedure done. So then when later when he's um, hitchhiking and all of the white dudes are like, you like fucking white women? And he gets so appalled. I'm like, that was you like a week ago. You <laughs> were was... literally doing the same thing. Why are you surprised? This you? Like, this you, for real? Because so, I got your flashbacks on the court right here. We're going we're gonna to circle back to that moment because I was like, this could not have happened. Like, this, there's, there's no, way. no way that this conversation happened at all. The last part is the last part of the movie because in the book what happens is he stays with this black family and like being around them makes him so sad <laughs> and misses his family so much that he just goes to like a church and then a hotel and then just ceases taking the medication and like stays out of the sun for three weeks and is white again and then just walks back into the white world as a white man unscathed just it's he's back uh it's all good yeah and, and there's and in the movie there's a man who literally tells him that that's gonna happen yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. well because in the movie they try to set it up as if like oh like he was he was in it like he was really gonna go all the way with it like, if it hadn't been for that one pesky black man who read a newspaper and said this you <laughs> <laughs> he, he would have saw it through instead also, he got found out like a scooby-doo villain and like to... my favorite was his face on the cover of the article it was like two thumbs up basically it's just like <laughs> me the one faking like a nigga that was that was just super funny because he looked so shook like the sun put him on the summer jam screen and he was so surprised <laughs> and i was like why are you surprised you're a journalist submitting this to a newspaper for publication? In fact, you should have been prepared for this. You should have been out. Why are you, you still there? Been gone. <laughs> In too deep. But then, yeah, but then, so he like, he gets, but this is where he gets to have the whole conversation where they get to say, you don't know what it's really like to be oh black. And he's like, you're right. I don't. But also. Uh, say thank you, <laughs> you know, like something to the effect of that because he's like at the same time like he's in one sense saying yes I will never know but also like I'm kind of a nigga now though right like I like, you cool, know though. six cool, weeks like, like that's a lot you know what I, I mean shot for like two of them weeks like he's I'm so indignant about it and like because look 
no, I'm not gonna act like I was riding for this movie at any point, but you know, I was like, cool, we're wrapping up. And then he was like, you'll never know what it's like to be, uh, you know, and he's like, you're right. And I was like, okay. And then that man said, and you won't know what it's like to be me either. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then he said some shit like, um, but I'm, I'm giving these white people a, a look into your world and how hard it is to be. And I was like, no. He said something along the lines of, like, but we have to keep trying. I want my sons to grow up. I want my South. children to grow up in the South. And you know, to better. have a better world. My yeah. my children. To have yeah, a, my, children. my white children. children. <laughs> to have I a better life. My children who aren't facing any of these problems to have a yeah. better life in the South. Yeah, I've learned nothing. So this is this is what I got to say, right? I, I I reject the premise of the movie <laughs> and this book because my it. my first question is who are these niggas that can't see this white man <laughs> the, played okay, in their no. face first frame the from first frame film. yes this from nigga walked frame. up business casual like i'm sorry he had a suit he had his looked like he was stepped out of an office just with dark skin hair didn't look like nigga hair at all at <laughs> all and he's just talking like hey Hey everybody, how are you doing? What, what's going on today? And and I'm like, you telling me a single person, white or black, was like, oh yeah, that's a Negro. No, nothing the, about him. And the movie goes so hard with like making sure that all the characters say they're like, I could tell a nigga from a mile away. Like every <laughs> black person is like, I love scouting niggas. Like, what? like the shoe shine man is the first black person he meets. It's like the second scene of the movie, third scene in the movie. He goes up to him, he's like, yeah, I can tell a nigga from a mile away. And he's like, yeah, me too. He walks away. <laughs> and then he comes back as Black John or James or whoever. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, hey, you said something to the effect of you love scout niggas. And he's like, I certainly do. Wait a minute. <laughs> and like, wh why would you why would you even say it? If we didn't have to know that you like got the Terminator or the fucking I don't so, know, the Dragon Ball Z scout, I scout that for that was actually a moment, and there's a bunch of these, and that's another like I hated. I was so mad at myself for getting curious and deciding to like read this before I watched it because it made the moving the movie doubly frustrating for me because that was a, a moment of poor adaptation because like in the book he. Goes to, he's in New Orleans, New Orleans, I think, scouting before he does the procedure, whatever. He meets the shoe shine, and the shoe shine says something about how his shoes are unique or whatever. And he's like, I never forget a pair of shoes or, or a face or whatever. Yeah. So then he comes back and the shoe shine shining his shoes, and he's like, These shoes are familiar, but I ain't never seen a nigga in these shoes. And dude is like, Yeah, the shoes look familiar, don't they? You, you shine a white man's shoes like these? Yeah, I'm not white man. And that's how that reveal happens. Yeah. And the movie tries to do that, but it's a Ross. lot. It's so he's it's like messy. Yeah, it's so messy, and it, it just happens so fast. He's like, "Yeah, you know, a white guy that has these. I'm the white guy. I'm black now. Isn't that crazy?" <laughs> he literally says, "I'm black now too." Yeah, and he's like, "Can I have a job?" <laughs> well, because I I want to submit some evidence uh, to the court real quick because the movie in the book suggests simply by taking some pills and yes. tanning under a sun lamp yes you can become black right black like me i'm gonna submit I, I want you to look at this picture and tell me does this work 
Because Sammy Sosa tried to do the reverse, and he looks like a mime. He looks like a walking bottle of Pepto Bismol, or like a, a a crayon come to life, a pink crayon come to life. He looks like uh like the the doodle SpongeBob, like the bizarre. <laughs> he looked like if I caught a Pokemon called Milk. Absolutely. He looks like he's been drinking nothing but strawberry milk for like six years. Actually, the hat and the shirt is not helping. Yeah. Why would he do that to himself? You know what you look like. There's a lot of questions. But he was like, hey, I want my shirt to match me. I but I will say, why would John Howard Griffin do that to himself? Because (laughs) for journalism. When you look at the pictures, right? Like, there's no there's no way. There's no way that he met all of these black people and every single one of them said yes <laughs> i i agree i believe the lie because here's here's the thing right well here's two things one the only white man that could get away with that is norman osborn right because he's already got the waves got the waves yeah so it would kind of just fit in right you would be like all right like you kind of already believe it without the skin you know, being darker, you're kind of like, you got something is in your family, you know what I mean? But like, to just say that all I need to do, (laughs) because in the book, he says that he he shaved his head bald in order to not have any hair showing. And then in the book, there's also a a moment where the shoeshine looks at his hands and he's like, you got to shave your hands, dog. He's like, niggas don't got hairy arms like that. And so it's like, I can't, I cannot believe that he sat down in front of all of these black people and not once they were just like, oh, this is a white man. I'm going to humor him because this is a white man (laughs) (laughs) pretending to to be black. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to like make a thing of it. Cause you know, like at this point, who the, who knows, right? You're a black person. This clearly white black man is sitting down in front of you. Is this a clan? Like, you know, they're trying to they're trying to like get information about like who's like indignant in the in the in the community or like I don't know what's happening. So I'm just gonna go about my business. And like if this white man wants to pretend to be black for a day, I guess he's allowed to do that. <laughs> like so many people befriended him easily. The the guy right. on the street was like, I look, I I take care of you. Right. Instantly. Upon meeting him, I ain't never met him in my he life said, was like coming to my home. That man said, Hey, are you a good man? Cool. Do you want to sleep in my bed? Like, come on bro. through. <laughs> I didn't want to put you out. You know, no, it, sleep in my bed, Willy Walker style. And like, yes. Specifically during that time, you know, people, black people traveling around, you know, like there was a network in a community. Where, you know, it was like, oh, if you're going, I mean, it wasn't, it was the Green Book, you know, in the sense of the Green mm-hmm. Book had not just where to drive and like towns to stay at, but like places to stay and like what areas and all that stuff. Um, so there was some of that, which again, this white man didn't know that existed. So he could have like, I don't know, use the Green Book. But uh, also, again, no research, no research, <laughs> no research. Well, that's the thing, because just even, in this experiment, bro. even if, right, so like Rachel Dolezal, right? Like a bunch of other white people who have pretended to be black in varying degrees, right? First of all, what they did was the smart way, which was like, I'm going to go from milk 
to like a light caramel, right? Like I'm going to I'm going to be the Vin Diesel ambiguous enough that like you might have questions but it sound it's inappropriate to ask. You know what right, I mean? There's like a, <laughs> there's a transitional phase going on. Right. So like you like you know cuz you don't want to get hit with the reverse uno like you know here's my my Facebook family pictures of me and my you know you know my my original father and like that's just my stepfather and the other pictures or whatever. We'll you know what I mean? I'd be like, "Oh, damn, you know." But then we backpedaling. But he goes so I mean that's the thing. That's the initial fault in the whole thing. He goes so hard that he's like, "How dark can I get?" Right? And like he looks in the pictures and in the movie like that's not how black skin looks. Like he looks dull. Like he doesn't yes, look he looks inhuman. <laughs> and that's go. that was my exact I was like you're telling me again, white or black, that people saw this man and weren't just concerned cuz he doesn't look like <laughs> any race. He looks like he needs medical attention. Yes. He like, looks like he's suffering from a debilitating disease. <laughs> if like, he was a black sure man. Everybody being mean to you is being mean to you because they're racist, or do they just think you're a monster because you don't look like any Negro I ever well, saw? Yeah, yeah, you don't look like you don't look black. You look like the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> exactly. But the thing about it is white people don't care. If you're just a little dark, you're a nigger. It's right, so like it doesn't. And you so don't need to be that black. If you're just a one drop, my guy, right? Hey, like that's just why they had a one enough. drop rule. <laughs> right. They created Literally. rules over drops. Just because there, there are black people who have fine hair. There are black people who have light eyes. There are black people, you know what I mean, who have like more finer features. So like, there's all kinds of ways that you can be black. Like, there's people that talking about Halsey, talking about you know a few other people where you're just like. All right. Again, you you got hit with the reverse Uno card where she's like, actually, this is my dad. And you're like, all right. You know what I mean? I can't I can't go against that. But it's like there's ways that you could. But she's not dark. You know what I mean? She's not dark. She looks like a white woman. Right. Right. And that's why it's like Halsey and Pete Wentz are are black uh, genetically, but socially they are white people. Right. And um, Mariah Carey is someone who is black. She's got one foot. She got one foot in, one foot out. Let's be honest. Yeah, she got one foot in, one foot out. Because Mariah Carey can be whoever she wants at any given moment. And Vin Diesel too. Vin Diesel is all ethnicities. Yes, he really is. (laughs) Vin Diesel got a bad case of Bruno Mars going on. (laughs) But that's the thing. If so, if you wanted to, because black people would be like, "Oh, you're just passing." Right? right, and then there wouldn't be any questions. They would be like, "Oh, oh I get it now." You know what right. I mean? You know, someone asked him that. I think it was a shoe shine when he revealed to him right. that he was actually a white man. Then the shoe shine goes, "Oh, I get it. You just been passing," which infuriated me because <laughs> I was like, for him to have been passing, he would have to be like, "I don't care. You can take a biracial person who normally looks like milk and put him out in the sun for three months." They will not get that dark. (laughs) That man looked like he bathed in shoe shine. Like he, like it was. That that was so stupid. His skin didn't reflect naturally. It was dull. It looked like you know what I mean. This is the thing. There's like a lot of uh, mental jujitsu going on in this movie because, (laughs) first of all, it's a black and white film, and also the black and white photography in it is shit too. Yeah. So. Every time we look at his face, it doesn't reflect, right? <laughs> black pe- and 
he's surrounded by tons of black people who got you know authentically black lovely chocolatey skin that shines in the (laughs) sun my guy is matt brown (laughs) he looks like a brown version of mr popo like (laughs) not because like a clay chocolate popsicle right But but even more so than that, this is the thing, because this is how Rachel and all the other race, you know, baiters like got found out is that they said something in conversation that a black person said, oh, hmm, what was that? (coughs) That's all right. (laughs) Something something about either the either what you just agreed with or disagreed with or how, you know, and it wasn't like they didn't say, you know, know, and like set up in the middle of the conversation. But it was like mental note, look into that. Continue. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, every, the movie portrays everybody as like kind of altruistic and genuine. Like everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're a nice person coming to my house. Like, right. Or um, like the diner woman who is just very angry at whites. Yeah. Just like completely gives her full opinion about everything. Right. So nobody has like any ulterior motives. Nobody has like any signaling or whatever. Nobody's no. like doing any like. Uh, I guess, like, anything behind the eyes, honestly, no, everybody yeah. is, like, at face value, like, Alfred yeah, Jr.'s character is, like, the protester. The, yeah. uh, even um, Roscoe Lee Brown's character, Kristoff, who's, like, the self-hating black guy, he's, like, mm. he is a self-hating black man. He does, there's no, like, questioning going on with any of these characters. They're all who they present to be, even right. the white characters. Right. Yeah, there's no subtext in the right. film. It's all text, and it's really it's weird because like it just makes it it just makes everything make no sense because like you were saying jordan like that's how you know like when someone is passing right and they've been passing for a while that's how you usually find out that like oh that motherfucker's black because there'll be some cultural thing that they shouldn't know that they that they and you're like wait a minute (laughs) <laughs> and there were so many moments in this movie where he just didn't know some stuff that you as a black person would need to know in the 50s right. and they're like oh you sweet summer child they just thought he was like stupid <laughs> oh you're from texas well let me right. uh help you. everybody everybody <laughs> would give him the pass instantly it was like, oh, so weird to me touched. too because they're like they're like um well i think it was in his mississippi when they're like oh you're from texas well around here we do things different i was like do y'all know about texas because oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was not- gonna say he- if he was like, oh, I'm from California, or like, oh, I'm from Massachusetts, right. that it would be like, okay, you know. that He could that have like... literally said any metropolitan city <laughs> in the 19th. 19- he could have been like, I'm from Detroit. Bet, nigga, what's up? I got friends in Detroit. <laughs> like, I'm from Baltimore. Bet, I know mad black people in Baltimore. Like, it, he could have said anything, but he was like, no, I'm from my backwater town. I'm from Texas. I'm from, I'm from Texas. Shelby, Texas. And from, like... Yeah, Shelby, Texas, yes. <laughs> exactly. It was like, Shelby. Well, because the thing about it, (laughs) right? Because well, because in the book, there's a moment, and I guess we'll start. Let's let's start transitioning to some of the key scenes of the movie. Scenes of the movie, I guess, (laughs) Um, where (laughs) like things happen that are just like it doesn't make sense. But in the in the book, what is the beginning scene of the movie where he's sitting there on the bus? And attempts to give his seat to a white woman, and she's like, "These niggers are getting sassier every day," you know all that stuff. And so, like in the book, what's happening is he's taking a bus from New Orleans to Mississippi, and he's sitting on the bus, 
And similar thing, like it's kind of crowded. This white woman comes over and, you know, he's in his mind thinking, okay, you know, like I know, I know a little bit of bus etiquette, you know what I mean? So I know to sit far enough in the back with all the other black people. And I know, you know, to kind of like, you know, just kind of look forward and don't, you know, do all the other stuff. And so the white woman's standing next to him and like, he makes eye contact with her and she looks at him in a way that's kind of like he perceives to be like not necessarily sympathetic, but like friendly. And he's like, oh, you know, this poor woman is standing. I'll stand up and like let her. But the other black people on the bus look at him like, nigga, what are you doing? <laughs> sit down. You know, the closed mouth, like mm-hmm. sit down. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, and then she looks at him and is like, oh, were you trying to give me your seat? black man you know what i mean like and like starts a whole fuss and scene but like that's one of those moments where like black people you just know like you you've been on the bus since you were a child you know that that's the thing that you don't do because one it's going to draw attention to yourself but two like we're trying to do something here where we don't just let white people do whatever they want and so like we're not giving them seats to sit down in because that makes us more subservient so like sit the fuck down you know like that kind of stuff where it's just like if you were because like you were saying dare it's not like when you talk about culture right and like what's culturally black it's not necessarily even like people think about like oh spades and kool-aid and like all this other like stereotypical stuff but it's like the look you give another black person when a white person says something and you don't want them to know that you know what they just said was fucked up but you want the black person to know you know what i mean like there's there's a lot of body language subtle shifts it's tones like, phrases that like it's just it's because like you were saying too like it's not a thing that's done for any other reason this for like survival you know what i mean like you just these are things you need to know because this is how you get through each day right and like even humor as a way to get through the day but like being able to make those contacts and, and it could be anywhere, right? Like you can give the head nod to anybody anywhere across the country, you know, exactly what's happening. Right. And like specifically, if you're both in a white neighborhood, you know what that's signaling, like all of this stuff is going on. He doesn't know any of this. <laughs> he just goes down that's wild. and hello, fellow kids, all of these <laughs> black people, <laughs> like not one of them was like, I know you're from Texas, but this is kind of straight. Like, you don't know anything. You don't know know anything. (laughs) That bus scene really, it really started the movie. Like, that really informed me how the the movie was going to go. Because everything you just said is 100% true. And then they make it worse. Because it makes sense for this idiot not to know what not to do around white people because he's a white person. Mm, Yeah. But after the lady is like, these niggas are getting up and up every day. This black lady in the back starts hollering out, don't offer your seat to her. They would rather stand up than sit with us any day. I can't just going off about like how he shouldn't. And I'm like, that woman wouldn't want to die. She wouldn't say anything. No. She would just glare at him like they did in the book. (laughs) 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 You know, but he got, but that's the thing in the book too. Like he gets a lot of those glares, like a lot of different moments. He's like, he looks around to the other black people and they're like, what does this thing do? Of, <laughs> you know, so that's what I'm saying. It's like he and he if if it was he spends a brief amount of time and moves on, 
I would say, okay, you know, I still don't buy it that nobody do, but like he spends weeks with the shoe shine people. He spends multiple days, you know what I mean? Like he's not just in and out of places, like he's spending all of this time with them. And I, I re- again, I reject the premise on its face that he was able to go and have interactions with multiple black people and not one of them. No, they're not going to say it to your face because you are indeed a white man. So they wouldn't be like, you're a white man. <laughs> but they wouldn't be like. <laughs> but you, I mean, think you, about it. Let's, let's pause. And but I would, I, would you? Would you? If you no, saw but me what I would I do like, is I would go to Jerome afterwards and you would say, absolutely. I can't believe what this white man just did. <laughs> like you would leave out thinking you successfully fooled us and the camera would kind of pan back to where back. we are. And then we would be like, that cracker is crazy. Like that was. <laughs> Did that white man think that he was going to get over on us? Did he yeah. think that that was going to work? Because it's like, it's not just the fact that he looks nothing like an actual <laughs> black human being. It's not. Or a human that. being. Or right. a human being. He looks like he's chalky. <laughs> it's not just that he doesn't know the cultural signals or or the 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 rules of how to, the ways of how to survive as a black person or a minority in the United States in the fifties. Even like his dress like he doesn't make any changes i'm like everything's segregated right minorities are second class citizens we would not be wearing the same quality of clothing as a white journalist from texas yeah who's been working for this successful newspaper he doesn't think about that at all and what's weird is that no one else thinks about it not just the black people I mean, it, it's super weird that the black people, because like you, you've been around when you've seen like a nigga in some clothes that a nigga shouldn't be wearing. It's weird. <laughs> You're like, okay, but especially when they're getting into the like, oh, life is so hard for black people. And now he's understanding that he's walking around in white people clothes. He encounters multiple hostile white people, and not a single person says anything about it. Yeah. And I'm thinking in real life, if you're walking around with just like one piece of fabric that looks like it's uh white people clothes in the 50s as a black man they're like oh you murdered a white person so now we have to murder you because yeah. clearly you committed a robbery murder combo and that that is just it was just there was like like cameron said like he literally was just raw dog and niggatry and yeah no one made any notice of it and that oh. makes no sense let's no let's one talk- said nothing Let's talk about something that I'm sure we all took notice of, and I'm going to let you take the lead here, Cameron. Let's talk about our boy Kristoff. Oh. Uh, I, you know what? Can we, can we give Roscoe Lieber a black acting school for this? Because oh, sure. This man is a good actor. Yeah, this well, man is a good actor, and he is Shakespeareanly doing what he's doing here. Go ahead, George. So I'll yeah, I'll I'll play the drop, and then but I'll also give you um, like the real at least from the book, what is what is the actual story of what happened. Okay, cool. So, of course, you got to do that. But, so in the book, this scene also takes place on the bus, right? He says yes. that he's on the bus. Okay. He's, he's sitting there. Same bus ride that he's taken from New Orleans to uh, Mississippi. And it plays out similarly to what happens in the movie. Like, Christoph comes on He's cordial with the white people, and then he sees you know the black people in the back of the bus, and he starts making like dramatic, like hissing, angry faces at them, and like gets into it with these two brothers, and they go back and forth, and he's telling them to shut the fuck up and you know stop talking to me and all that stuff, and then he comes and sits down, 
next to John, and he's like, you look like a sensible man, probably because Dare, like Dare was saying, he's wearing white people clothes. And it's like, let's have a civil conversation. And they like go back and forth. And then he like sings the blues. And then he's like, oh, you don't like the blues? What about this like Pavarotti shit? And sings like a like a, a Latin hymn. And he's like a, a Gregorian chant. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he goes on having this conversation about, you know, black people are the worst. Um, you know, I just also I just got out of jail. Also, would you like to come shoot some people with me? Okay, this is my stop. Gotta go. All right, and he gets off the bus, and uh, that that's how it happens in the book. In the movie, what's so bizarre is like he just walks in, he just walks in to, and there is there is something there is something familiarly black in the sense of like I could, this is like something that happens at a barber shop, right? Where like oh for that, sure yeah that nigga that is like always going on about like nobody wants to hear about it nobody wants to have any like interaction with him but either people are like but he doesn't have anywhere to go and like we're just you know or like this is so-and-so's cousin and and, like just like you know and then he'll he'll go away eventually um so i kind of got that vibe from (laughs) this where like that's what all the black people were giving was like you know just like just let let him do it let him 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 get out of the system and he'll he'll move on it was very um, this nigga again energy. Yeah, <laughs> but Cameron, you rate rate the performance, I guess, for us. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a wild describe thing. the performance to us for people yes. who haven't seen the movie. So it kind of plays out almost like a Tim Robinson sketch on Netflix, <laughs> where <laughs> the scene just happens. You know, my man is in this diner, kind of eating, minding his own business, and literally, bam, in. The front door. I'm just like, ah, uh, yes, a wonderful day out here in our town. Ah, uh, we're seeing the whites almost kissing them on their foreheads. Like, <laughs> it's so crazy. He comes in and he's just like so cordial to these white people. He's like, you know, thank you for being here. You know, thank you for doing what you do. Hello. And it, it got the, you know, deep voice, mm. Shakespearean cadence to everything he says. So it kind of gives the energy of like crazy person, but also like you must have went to a decent enough school. Yeah. You lost your mind somewhere along the way. <laughs> so, you know, he continues to kiss the hands and feet of these white people sitting at the bar and <laughs> goes over to the black side <laughs> of this restaurant and just, just, who are you? Your, who are these niggas? <laughs> who are these niggas with your cold black skin? Your faces, your downtrodden faces. It's like literally says downtrodden, calls him downtrodden yeah. in front of them. And then scopes out my guy in the back with his chalky. Well, before he does that, he like, he he had this, because somebody was like, hey man, shut the fuck up. Oh yeah, somebody <laughs> hit him with the, hey, hey no, hey. Hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he was like, you? Yes, he did, he reacts to him yeah. too. He's like, you, you sir? I don't remember exactly the things that he says in here. I just remember him I'm being sure. like, shut up talking to me. I told him, I told you to stop talking. Like he says it like two or three times. Like, yeah. I told him to shut up. This is in the middle of yeah. this conversation. What's, the, what's on the uh, the JPEG Mafia album? Shut the fuck up when you're talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he does to him. Hey, shut the fuck up when you're talking to me. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm he, me. 
and you know he's he's going and wait, like wait, wait, again, oh, also i wrote the note i wrote the yeah. note. forgot yes so he takes a cup of, he doesn't even take a cup of coffee he disadvertises the coffee in, in the place he says this coffee stinks <laughs> damn punk niggers <laughs> and then he starts preaching mind coffee you ever read mind Kampf? yeah oh yeah. that's what happens he's like you you niggas don't even know where war is yeah. he's like Mexico? He's like, Mex- old or new Mexico? And he's like, old Mexico? Old he's Mexico? like, you don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is immensely, or instantly, sorry, it's like crazy guy because there's obviously smarter black people around you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's so crazy. That's such an insane scene. So yes, he, he says the, the niggas is punks in there. He's trying to advertise Hitler literature. The man said, you ever read oh. Mein Kampf? <laughs> yeah. Casually, too. By the way, yeah. is that the one book about war at the time? Because, my God, like... I don't know. He's at home, like, just like, you know... I mean, this is 1959, so, like... He's, like, it's, mainlining we, Mein Kampf know at home. what that book is. Like, it's not, like, an right, underground... it's super recent. Like, <laughs> right, it's... He got it off the shelf. Yeah. Like, niggas just got home, got settled after... <laughs> like, what's... Okay, so he bootlicks the white people at the bar. Mm. He farts in the faces of all the black people mm. sitting around him. Tries to start a street fight, basically, low-key. Yeah. And then sees our guy, our Matt Brown, chalk-faced <laughs> man over here. He walks up to him, and he says, these niggas are punks. You don't even, you don't even, we shouldn't respect them, shouldn't even. What it, and then kind of gives him like an Uncle Ruckus speech, mm-hmm. for the most part. And then, yes, does what you said. Uh, he starts singing a song, and he's like, "Oh, you don't like that? What, do you, what about what about the what about the opera La Traviata? What do you <laughs> what do you think about La Traviata? You ever seen that?" And my guy's like, "No, I'm I'm a normal man. I'm a normal black man. <laughs> I'm a normal black man. Don't you? Can't you tell?" <laughs> it's, it, it, and then he get and then. Which is the part that I was like, what are we talking about? I literally had to run it back because I lost where he just went to that. I lost yeah. where he had changed topic, but he literally is like, you want to shoot some of these niggers? <laughs> I think we take them out back. We shoot a couple of them. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And John's what? like, I'm good. <laughs> John says, I'm good. He literally kind of like takes that, shrugs it off, shrug emoji. And then walks out of the bar, walks out of the diner. Oh, you're this all happens in the course. Part. Of... Oh, you're forgetting one crucial part. Oh. It happens in in both the book and the the film, but it's. I feel like the film version's wilder for reasons mm. I'm, I'll get into. But when he's talking to him, he just randomly starts giving. He, he randomly decides to give him like a quick genealogy lesson of his personal. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yes. oh, he's like, I'm not like these I, other niggas. My my mother, she's she's a uh, French. She's half French, and and my father, he's uh, part part Indian. And actually, my mother, she's also uh, Portuguese. Um, yeah. And he goes, I can tell, I can tell exactly what kind of blood a person has. And what kind of blood do you have? And when he says this. John loses his shit. He gets terrified. He's like, "Oh no, this crazy black man's I'm... gonna be able to tell everybody that I'm white." Now a whole Indian, and then he starts laughing because of, he's like, "Oh, this nigga don't know shit. This nigga's um, crazy." <laughs> but it was funny because, like, in the book, he describes it, and it's this very like slow build up when he's just kind of t- like talking about how you know, dude took his hand and was like staring at him intently, and he was like, "Oh damn, is this man really gonna like 
can he actually do this? Like, I don't think he yeah. can, but I think he, he might be he able might to. He might have powers. Would, this would be bad for me. You <laughs> he know? Might be like, he's like, him, he's like anxious about it, right? In the film, John looks like someone's going to shoot him. Like, he is absolutely terrified, he's terrified that this insane person who was five minutes ago asking everybody if they read Hitler literature is going to <laughs> be able to tell that he's actually a white man in blackface, full-body blackface. And I just thought that was so insane. Because I'm like, he would not think for real, for real, after all of that, that this man was like, would legitimately be able to say, oh, this is a white man. Or if he was, that anyone would believe him. How great would that have been, though, if he had been like, white man, right? <laughs> I smell it on you. I smell this it is on not you, a sir. <laughs> and everybody's like, we know Kristoff. Just let him sit over there. Let him Do whatever not. weird shit he's doing. He's trying to enjoy his cup of coffee and you bother him. We're just waiting that for him to leave, all right? <laughs> we wait for you to leave, too. <laughs> fuck up out of here but so this this whole scene in the book and in the movie in the book it is because the book again is really just like a series of bizarre events that seem to happen to him over the course of six weeks the movie is more of like it seems like he's just, like he's attracting right. wild things like that are coming like he can't he can't get out of the way he's just trying to be a normal negro in the south and like you know have a have a what like my summer and, <laughs> and Jim Crow? Summer I don't know. The summer, the summer I became black. The summer I turned black. But like, and, and stuff is just happening. So like, Kristoff comes in, and it's like, a, in the in the movie, it's like a whole whoa because the whole tone shifts because up until this point, no crazy shit like this has happened. Like he's just been. Black people have been like, oh, you need a place to stay. Oh, you need like twenty dollars. Oh, you need like whatever you need. Uh, and now here comes this man, and like in the movie specifically, because of the book, like John does express, and you know, I take it with a grain of salt, but he is kind of like, you know, that man seemed unwell, like that man seemed like, right, you know, but but in the book, so in the book and in the movie, I feel like there is a hint of. Like, look what racism does to these niggers. Like, it just drives them crazy. They can't. Stop. <laughs> they, they can't. They can't hold two things at that. once. But like, you know what I mean. There's and no like, other reason for him to even conclude that scene in the book if that's not kind of the framing that he's going for. Is like, yeah, we treat them so bad that they lose their minds. Like, but like it's something. Crazy like, I hear, I hear you about that. I hear what you're saying. But and I feel like that also occurs like multiple other times throughout the movie and the book. Right. Where this the way they live is so so wrong and so uh, what have we done to them what have we done to them and it doesn't take into account all the things that like socially create create the situations that black people are in you know what, what I, what's even wilder though is like the movie very much does do that they're like oh my gosh it, look at look oh, at well, what, right, what we do to them look at it, what it does to them but it focuses it on how it does that through him like mm. it's like oh yes. this racism that's, that's makes them yes. so crazy but it's like because he's acting violent now and yeah. he's getting angry when normally he would be cool-headed and come have a conversation <laughs> and that must be because he's black now and has to deal with all of all, all that comes with blackness <laughs> inherently yeah normally he wouldn't saddle up to his wife and ask but what if my dick was a little dark? <laughs> but it's also, I mean, I think the thing about it that's that's wild is one, 
I always love thinking about white people thinking like in those situations, like, oh man, like, wow, society, like the things that have happened. It's like, who did those things? Right. You know what I mean? It's like, oh man, like pat on the back because we had the segregation. It's like, but who segregated thing? You know what I mean? Like these aren't like naturally occurring like events that just like we stumble into and like somebody has to find a solution you know like people are in a lab trying to figure out well how do we desegregate the society it's like no you you did that you and now you're society. you're undoing that but i don't think you get a cookie for undoing the thing that you did in the first place you know what i mean it's like oh i can't believe that house burned down it's like yeah because you put like a what pizza in the mean? oven at 750 <laughs> degrees and walked away. <laughs> yeah, but I Duh. put the fire out, though. So, like, I think yeah. you should say thank you. Because that fire could have been a lot worse. <laughs> and so, like, you think about the famous James Baldwin quote where he's like, you know, to be black and conscious in America is to be in a state of rage at all times, right? Mm-hmm. And what the movie and the book both don't understand about somebody like Kristoff, because, like we said, Kristoff did read as a real person to me, but Same. not that situation. You know what I mean? Same. Like, because we've seen, I think every black person, again, whether it's a barbershop or, you know, somewhere on the corner or what, like we've seen a Kristoff, like we've seen somebody who clearly like something happened in their life that like broke reality for them. And like, they kind of took a step back, but white people look at, cause there's, there's, there's two sides, right? There's, there's Jason Whitlock, who is a coon, right? Who, like, who hates black people right. and hates himself purely because he thinks that's going to get him ahead in life. He thinks right. that's what's going to happen. He's going to say enough things and he's going to get enough clout with the white people who are going to put him in positions on Fox News right. or other places because like, he doesn't need black support. Right. Or like he's going to get the black support from those specific black people who are going to be like, yeah, you tell him, Jason. You know what I mean? Like, tell that nigga LeBron to shut up and dribble. Like, you, you know what's <laughs> right. Um, but then there's Kristoff's who it's like, oh, like this is this has been almost beat into him in some way where like he he hates himself or hates black people, not because of anything that black people did. Right, but because of what the white gaze of white society has put on top has of him. put upon him to make him feel this way. And like right. the book doesn't explore that. The movie certainly doesn't explore the movie's like, look at this shit. <laughs> like look at this sensational <laughs> shit that's happening here. <laughs> and there's no like there's no empathy for Kristoff. There's no there's nothing in the movie that's just like, wow. Like Actually, the movie makes you like wants you to dislike Kristoff and then after, for like a brief moment and then after that moment passes it wants you to laugh at him and then it just yeah. moves on to the next scene. yeah because he right. didn't kill anybody this time but, <laughs> but like because you know that how them is, niggas be killing folks just just because they be it's, again you're right the book bo- and the movie says that too like <laughs> at least twice it says it a bunch of times that's yeah. like i didn't get it i mean so there's like so many moments where they say you know them niggas you're right, right. Maybe there were like moments <laughs> in the book that bothered me because they had a similar message, but it wasn't as like I feel like in the movie it's in bold. It's like niggas are inherently angry and violent, and when you even pretend to be one, you will become the same mm. way. Like, like so, that, there were like multiple scenes. That's what it is. It's 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 twofold. One, this movie is 
look at this crazy shit that happened to me, even though I was doing some crazy shit to begin with. <laughs> and, and, and then two, and then two, look what we have wrought because of this. And aren't we like, or, or like, can, can we clean it up? Can we clean it up? Because we screwed up so bad to make, put black people in this position. Right. And the movie doesn't even take into consideration that everybody doesn't feel that way. <laughs> well, because the thing I think that is is inherently lost and I think we can we could we could still talk about specific scenes, sure. but you know, like bringing it into a larger focus, I think um let me find <laughs> let me find this drop because I think it is like this is kind of what the movie is about. It ain't Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> because like the the movie is centered from the white gaze, right? Yes, like yes. this is a movie mm-hmm. about a white man who pretends to be a black man to tell somebody, I guess white people what it's like to be black in the south. And yep. so like Everything that he's experiencing now. Here's the thing about the book that is disorientating because I felt uncomfortable after a while. I don't know if you felt the same way, Dare Cameron. Have you read the book? I have not read the book. Okay, um, and will not be reading the book. <laughs> literally, I'll read a passage in just a second. But literally, the first time he sees himself in the mirror. Yes. Okay. I was. He I was says you would bring this up. I didn't see myself anymore. I was looking back to Africa, to the ghetto, to like, he starts listing all of these things. And like, he quickly, like, take, keep this in mind. This book and this movie, I'm assuming, this is six weeks. This is a month (laughs) and two weeks that he's black, right? And immediately, he looks at himself in the mirror and he's like, "Look at that nigger!" Like, look at that. <laughs> and like, but but then he like in subsequent uh, entries because they're like diary entries that he's writing down. Like he's referring to himself as a Negro. He's talking about himself as a black really person. That means he's, he's we like eight times. He oh, yes no. no he's like I, I like my people. You know Stop. what I mean? Like he's talking about himself. Like he. It's some kind of strange racial Stockholm syndrome where like automatically like he has become a black person. And here's here's a passage from the book, just so you can get an example of what's happening. So he's spent a night in Mississippi after a lynching has occurred, which he describes as hell. Right. Like like he's there's multiple instances where he's in predominantly black areas obviously because of you know what he's trying to do and he's like it's it's unbearable like how do people live like this it's loud they're outside at all hours of the night there's music going you know what i mean he's just like any gentrifying white person who's moved into brooklyn <laughs> but he says i took out my notebook i lay across the bed on my stomach and attempted to write anything to escape the death dance out there in the Mississippi night. But the intimate contentment would not come. I tried to write to my wife. I needed to write her to give her my news, but I found I could not tell her anything. No words would come. She had nothing to do with this life, nothing to do with the room in Hattiesburg 
or with its Negro inhabitant. It was maddening. All my instincts struggled against the estrangement. I began to understand Lionel Trilling's remark that culture, learned behavior patterns so deeply ingrained that produce involuntary actions as a prison. My conditioning as a Negro and the immense sexual implications with which the racists in our culture bombard us cut me uh, even in my most intimate self, from any connection with my wife. I stared at the letter and saw written Hattiesburg, November 14th, my darling, farther by a blank page. The visual barrier imposed itself. The, the observing self saw the Negro surrounded by the sounds and smells of the ghetto, writing darling to a white woman. The chains of my blackness would not allow me to go on. Though I understood and could analyze what was happening, I could not break through. Over the course of the paragraph, you can feel him get blacker, and I don't <laughs> fuck with that. You can feel him, like, through the pen. It's just like, mm. So at a certain mm-hmm, point, yeah. he's like, I'm so black that the idea of writing to a white woman is my wife. <laughs> he's like, I can't, I, can't write, I can't talk to that white woman. I'm a Negro. Like, they will lynch me. They will lynch me for even For writing this you. private letter that they won't know is from a... a black person to a white woman yeah he should have wrote his like little sea shanty or like what <laughs> message in a bottle like patricia my dearest so me and my niggas is getting it right so the, but the thing about the book is this too right one he's got multiple contacts throughout right where mm-hmm. he's and i think even in the beginning he talks to the fbi and it's like this is what i'm about to do just That's so you shit know, should have put in the movie, right? Like I'm about to go do this, so like if you hear about some shit, like that was me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> and now I'm dead. But also, my bad for the race riot. I was trying to get a Pulitzer. <laughs> but he knows multiple white people, you know, throughout these towns. And at one point, just like I think in the same chapter, just like I can't be around these niggers anymore. I need to be around my own kind. And like goes and stays with this white man for a couple of days before going back out into i think he goes to georgia next but it's like even in that like he has the option to escape right like even in that like this he can walk away he goes the full six weeks but not really because even within that six weeks he's been black for like three and a half weeks and he's like i can't take this shit anymore (laughs) and it's like i think that's what's so i i just i can't vibe with any of this is that like Yes. Was Jim Crow South like terrible, dehumanizing, awful, et cetera, et cetera? Certainly was. But also like black people did not live in constant misery 24 seven all the time, hating themselves, wishing that some white man <laughs> yeah. would just do something about all of this. Yeah. And if only not... a white man could come and cosplay as me <laughs> for six us. weeks. <laughs> And then write an article that people were going to read, get mad about, but ultimately ignore and change nothing. If only. Right. He got, the, he got the savior complex throughout. He he is determined to go on this journey knowing that, like, when this article comes out, white people are going to change. And that's, I think that's the biggest question about all of this, right? Because, like, later on, I think in the 70s, Kwame Ture is like, it's a good book for white people, mm. right? Like, mm. this was not for me, not written for me. And the thing that's so, like, so let's think about it, right? Timeline of events. This book comes, this, he does this in 1959. I think the book comes out in like 61. 
Invisible Man is released in 1952, mm-hmm. right? So, like, the definitive, you want to know what it's like to be black? Read this book. <laughs> Already exists, right? Brown By a black Port- author. Right. Brown vs. Board of Education, 1954. Emmett Till, 1955. Rosa Parks, 1955. The Montgomery Bus Boycott, 55-56, right? All that to say, sure, right? If you're a white person in Maine in the 50s, you know, information isn't what it was. Um, You know, like, the ability to, like, instantly know, like, a random lynching in Mississippi probably isn't popping up on your radar at all. But at the same time, it's not like you don't know what's happening it's not like this is there's a there's a barrier across the mason dixon line where like no information can cross and like all of this is shocking news to you that any of this is happening if you're watching the news if you're reading the newspaper if you're seeing these boycotts if you're watching what's happening with the police and demonstrations voting drives all of this stuff emmett till big news story his picture you've seen it like Mm -hmm. to say that you Mm -hmm. don't know what's happening in the south and for this white man to be like you know who can really expose jim crow <laughs> me <laughs> to, nigga. To be- <laughs> literally me nigga. Says, you know the perfect person to fix this <laughs> and and i've said on this podcast before and i'll, I'll continue to say it if white people want to help the biggest thing you can do is to cease to be white. But this man took that literally. <laughs> He's like, all right. All right. I got you. <laughs> I could do that. I'm, I'm going to do it. Because what, what, that, what that phrase means and what's insulting about this, you know, in context to actual white people during that time who were doing things is whiteness, the condition of whiteness, white supremacy, et cetera, is all about not just taking up space, but maintaining a sense of dominance and superiority over everybody else, right? And so ceasing to be white means just getting out the way, right? Recognizing that privilege and all of these things that just come naturally to you that you don't take for granted, any of the things that happen in your life, looking around, having some recognition, some cognizance that, you know what? The way that that barista, you know, like just talked to that person in front of me, wasn't okay it wasn't like it's probably not that black person's fault right that this is happening to them not necessarily and i should intervene and like say something Mm. but like every every because i think that's also what the condition is right like if you go back to 2020 white people's biggest reaction was like what can i do like what actionable step can i take to fix this today Right. Like, I don't want to I don't want to deal with this three years from now for like right now. How can we racism? Right. Like, let's make a like, let's get get a spreadsheet going. Somebody get a Google Doc (laughs) open. Like, let's start taking notes about what (laughs) how can we solve the problem? It's like, that's not how that works. You know what I mean? Like, not only have black people been at this for. 400 years. <laughs> but also, Since we fucking got here. Yeah, your little flowchart ain't gonna do shit, bro. But also, it's like that that desire to do, mm-hmm. right, is, is really such a white instinct because it's like, I individually need to fix larger social issue, right? You know what I mean? So like, the literal caucasity to think, I... <laughs> Going down here disguised as a black person to write this book when, in the meantime, right, 
real white people dying, trying to get white black people signed up to vote in the South, dying, you know, taking part in bus boycotts, dying, you know, like helping. And it's like the ask isn't that you die. Right. Like that's not that's not we don't want anybody to die. Nobody should be getting killed over anything. But like when you compare what he did to like real people who went down there and literally risked their lives as white people using their privilege and their ability to open up doors for black people or were killed for it. And he took a summer. <laughs> a summer break. <laughs> you know, and and like... and, and again, like uh, like left with the with the conclusion that damn black people got a badge y'all like did like, you know about this shit they gotta walk to go to the bathroom damn you know what I mean? it's like i think they're I, not only are there bigger things at stake but it's like for you to and the book sold like 12 million like the book was so popular he went on book tours he was talking about it doing all kinds of like interviews about it like we'll talk again we'll get back to him in just a minute like the aftermath of this book in his life but like to me, like to celebrate like people who are like he was a hero or like what he did was so brave or like, you know, what what he what he wrote was such a raw, authentic look into the Jim Crow South. It's like, have you heard of Frederick Douglass? Have you heard Bro. of Zora Neale Hurston? Have you read anything? <laughs> like the wildest thing to me is like there's such a with like these types there's such a, that just desperate need to be the hero and then it's like they don't do shit but i'm like it's wild to me because i'm like you can look at someone who did a lot of things look at john brown look at everything john brown did he's not a hero to black people no one <laughs> none of us are walking around like man that nigga john brown really d- did us a solid like nobody he did what should have been done because uh, it was the right thing to do. And right. that's the only way, if you want to actually do anything and have an effect, that's the only way you can think about it. Because as soon as you come in here, like, how can I be the great white hope? It's over. Like, you're perpetuating the system that you proclaim to fight against. And, like, this is what he did. He was like, oh, shit, um, this hard out here for niggas. All right, y'all, y'all be easy. Uh, I'm going to go on these press <laughs> tours. Like, now I'm a celebrity. I'm going to go get this money. You do shit, but make your profile bigger. Like, right? Well, that's and that's the thing. When you think about what could have happened, he could have got a lot of people killed, and and thankfully he did not. But if he had fucked around and done something, if he had acted like he acted in the movie, <laughs> the book, I'm surprised no one got hurt. Hurt. Yeah. Other than the creepy dude who got choked out. <laughs> Because he wanted to see his friend's penis. <laughs> because that's the thing. It's like you're you're literally playing with people's lives. Like you're literally playing around with a very real, you know, in the book, like he's going through Mississippi as a man has been dragged from jail and lynched in the town. You know, like it ain't he, safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and, and all the black people are really upset about it. You know, and he's kind of like, ooh, you know, bad bad time to be in Mississippi. Like, oh, <laughs> Things are kind of tense here. <laughs> you know, like, even when he acknowledges, like, the danger of everything that he's doing, he 
he's flipping about it, you know? Like yeah. there's in one of the scenes where uh he's hitchhiking and that guy is like, Oh, did you come here to start some shit? Because if you came here to start some shit, we have ways of handling niggers like you. And he's just kind of like, he gets out, you know, and he's just kind of, well, that was weird. Oh, that guy was kind of mean. And then later at the end of the, when, you know, when he's gone back to whiteness, that's the first time he's like actually concerned. But at that point, he's just concerned that his family is going to be harassed and get mm-hmm. mean letters. Like that's the extent of him thinking about the danger. The one time when someone threatened him and he was just like, oh, that guy was kind of a dick. And then after everything is over, he's like, oh, people are going to be mean to me and my family. We might have to move. And then it doesn't even happen. Yeah, well, because there's there's that and there's the one other scene where like the two boys chase him into the alley. And he's <laughs> I like, forgot yes. about that shit. They know, called him like me. <laughs> Come on, the fuck head. I was like, "What the fuck is it? I've never heard that is the worst slur I've ever was heard it a in my fuck life." Head? Is that what it, I, I, I Fuzzhead, like fuzz fuzz because our heads yeah, our are shaved, our hair is shaved low. Yeah. It's fuzzy. fuzzy. Isn't that so hurtful? Wow. And like, yeah. one thing about me It'll is be more hurtful than this knuckle sandwich. But again, <laughs> one thing about me is I. I mean, obviously, slurs are painful. Slurs hurt, but if a slur oh. is if it's if it's if it's a bar it's a bar i'm gonna i'm gonna laugh all right like i'll never forget <laughs> watching the express for the first time and they go to play um west virginia and as they go into the stadium someone in the crowd goes halloween must have came out early because here come the spooks and i died laughing for 15 <laughs> minutes so for them to come out here and be like hey fuzzhead yeah like what the fuck was that and they just chase him around sorry i didn't mean to interject that just really bothered me I but i mean like yeah you didn't, there's no moon cricket there's no like yeah, no fun you, know I mean? you gotta I, dig y'all into got the fun ones, like porch monkey that's a funny one what the fuck does that even mean we don't even know but yeah. fuzzhead come on man yeah, i don't know i would have uh, i would have turned around on him like fuzzhead come on like i'm, a, I'm a, i need you to sit here for a solid i know you got better i know you better. got some more i know you got something better and they're like you're right i'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry, nigger. Uh, but yeah, it's like that. There's besides that, he's never in any other danger. Nope. You know what I mean? He's never really in any situations where it feels like something terrible is going to happen to him. He's just living the life, the life of a black man, in the, in an everyday situation. But again, the thing about it is, if you wanted to read about that, black people been wrote about that multiple times you know what i mean like it's not it's not that's what i'm saying like even in the work if there was an innovation and and such as like if you wanted to take it from a purely sociological experiment of what would it be like for a member of the dominant class to be a part of you know the suppressed class and what psychological effects but it's not academic you know what i mean like he's not writing about it in that way where there's like scientific evidence being you know examined or analyzed or him thinking about it he's it's it's like a it's like his diary it's like mm-hmm. well this is what it's like for them for me for us. as them i know <laughs> for them, know? i mean me for us you know but it's like any black person reading it when you do read it you're just like and then what like what <laughs> what else <laughs> you know you're just okay he's going through stuff and then what happened yeah, you know, because it's like that's that's the thing that that threw me through through most of it is like there are certain in the book at least moments of I wouldn't necessarily call it levity, but like where he's in community with other black people, and it's like even some of the things he he experiences where he kind of looks at it as like this woeful 
oh, you know, like they look look at the things they have to do to entertain themselves or like, you know, yeah. even like experience joy. And it's just like that's that's I mean, I don't wanna spoil one of our Cal Cassidy levels, but like I don't know if you guys have seen the video, I think that was maybe earlier this week of, you know, the my favorite white people hiking and like all the black people who oh, are just yeah. like yeah. you know what I mean? And like You're gonna love it up there. Right. The but colors. White people not understanding the difference between like I guess even like the dozens or like you know what I mean like black yeah. people like yeah. we're we're laughing at you in an endearing way. Like it's not like like we think we think it's funny because it's adorable. The behavior yeah. is cor- so corny that it's, it's cute. Corny, yeah. way, like a toddler learning to walk for the first time or like a guy who just started like trying to flirt with girls and he's using bad pickup lines like you don't think he's a terrible person you're not saying like he sucks but you his game sucks and that's game funny sucks and we laugh right. right you know like if somebody gets a bad haircut we still love you but we're gonna get on you like it's not you, you're not just gonna walk up here <laughs> young jock here. with the perm and nobody's <laughs> gonna you know what i mean jimmy butler you're not gonna come to the press conference and not get roasted you know what i mean like we're gonna have jokes for you yeah that's I, what well good well, that's what I was saying earlier that this movie is so like everybody is so earnest and like straight up. There's no nuance. There's like you said with that experience of joy, like even moments of levity and joy in like black life are played for okay, they went to a jazz club and they danced. Which and didn't happen in the book. No, it didn't, it didn't there was, was no black let's talk about that black woman for a second because she's mentioned very briefly in the new orleans i think this is what they pulled it from very briefly when it comes to new orleans okay there's a there's a black woman who sees him and i guess is a widow and he's with the shushan guy and like shushan guy is like oh she's looking at you she's gonna come over here in a minute and try to holler at you and like she comes over and is trying to play coy and it's like oh i didn't notice you there are you new in town and like yada yada but and the shushan guy is like yeah she's a widow and she's like looking for a new husband and like you've got the look of an educated well-to-do black man yada yada and he's like oh i'm married just tell her i'm married i don't want to fuck with that uh yeah i mean and then then you never hear about her again but in the movie it's just like a whole yeah he should have been he could have been he's like he was gonna smash that night like he was this close but he iced her. He iced her in the movie. <laughs> Wait, he was about to smash, and then he was like, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm married. And she was like, you know what? Oh, I'm married. Right, well. <laughs> she was like, damn. She was like, okay, I understand. You know, I've been through some situations myself, but uh, you sure you don't want to come in? Because you just... Uh... He's like, nah, I'm married. She's like, all right, all right, cool, 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 cool. Well, you have a good night. <laughs> like, that is literally... And then, wait, no, no, no. Asked him to dance. And isn't able to tell his sauceless moves. Okay, that's no, she's like, thought. okay, but let's let's let me show you how to do. Th- Have you done this before? Like, she tries oh to do it in God. a real subtle way. She's like, Where's- let me show you how we do it around here. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't immediately be like, you don't have any rhythm. Literally, <laughs> could have taken two steps and be like, something wrong. And like I thought for a moment, I thought that that's where I thought the joke, like they were going, the joke that they were going for, because she was like, "Oh, do you like to dance?" And he was like, "Yeah." And she looked at him like, 
uh, and he was well, like, uh, do you like to dance? Do you want to? Like, I thought the joke they were going for was, fuck, I can't dance. And if I go yeah. out on that dance floor, everyone's going to mm, know that I'm not who I portraying myself way. to be. But instead, it was just like, oh, do you like to dance? Uh, I guess. Do you like to dance? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go uh, shimmy while you teach me how to actually dance. And we're sure. all going to have a good time. And then you're going to try to make take me home to sleep with you. And I'm going to decline once and you're going to offer again. And I'm going to think about it and be like, nah, I'm married. And then we're going to move on. Yeah. No, she was like, all right. So it's called the one, right? So you want to. Oh, <laughs> love that. Love that. Which I'm like, how did they find that out? Because there wasn't nobody black behind the scenes. So like, <laughs> who told them? <laughs> That's real writing when you know what you don't know and you're able right. to put it into the work. On the but, the, but the thing about fours. it is like. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so like that i mean but that's just another element where you know like they're inserting this stuff in this movie because like the movie itself is supposed to feel like an escalation right like he kind of at first is like unwittingly like passive and you know accepting this racism and then you know as he goes through he he ultimately gets to the point where he chokes a white man out uh <laughs> and then he, <laughs> and then he reaches a stage of enlightenment and then becomes white again? I guess. I don't know. It's really confusing. <laughs> but that's, that's I think, what's what's really just that takeaway of, like, how, there's Black people in this movie and in this book, right? Like, what is there for us? Because there's nothing new. We know all of this. We know all of this, yeah. Black people in the, in the book are... You know, like he's not looking down on them, but there is a very much like, woe is us Negro. Like, I mean, he's, you know, he's this close to, you know, swing low, you know, what I mean? like he's <laughs> close, but he, no cigar. Man. Yeah. You know, but he's just like the, the, the experience poor, you know, I would not recommend like zero out of 10 would not recommend. Don't go back. You know, uh, in the movie, he's just like, you know. I, I can't I can't believe, you know, like he's on a mission to expose something that I feel like white people already know. And that's really the secret, right? This movie, 2020, etc. Like they they know. They're aware. They just don't care, right? Like mm-hmm. just they're just not thinking about it. It doesn't affect them directly. So it's not that they're not aware that black people are being lynched in the South or being forced to use separate bathrooms, even though they're being forced to use separate bathrooms in New York. Louis Armstrong, arguably the most famous man of the time, couldn't go uptown to Manhattan and stay in a hotel. He had to stay in Harlem. Like, it's not like, you know, even in the North, things were different. They were just more subtle. Like, you know what's happening. So you just aren't really choosing to do anything about it. And you don't want to be reminded of it, you know? And so that's kind of the thing where he's like, I'm going to put it in your face. And like, it's going to be my face (laughs) that you're looking at. But a black face. (laughs) And maybe that, because like, what is the, I guess let's, let's transition to this briefly because this movie spawned the iconic white, like me, Eddie Murphy sketch on Saturday night live. Right. Where Mm -hmm. at the end, you know, he's like, the next time you're, you're thinking that you're, uh, you know, hanging out with that cool white guy, like you met a, a cool new white chick, they might just be a black man or a black woman. But like, even the movie is kind of like, so 
white people should all take vitiligo pills and go down to Atlanta and have racism done to them so they can what? <laughs> I was that? actually I actually had a conversation about this very subject with a person today, which is kind of wild. Um because I hadn't finished the movie yet, so I, I need kind of didn't know what the movie was. Give us was some context and some details. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say this name this man's no, name. No, no, no. Yeah. But uh he's a white gay man who uh experienced trauma in his life and is writing about said trauma. He's literally writing about it. So I was like, oh, this is oh, this is incredible. You're actually like kind of taking on the mantle. That's kind of interesting. Uh the kind of not cross we came to, but the thing we kind of landed on was why do white people mainly but people in general of different backgrounds, but mainly white people. Why do white people have to actually experience the ills of another person's lived experience to express empathy? empathy. Mm. Literally. The yeah. only way white people can express empathy is if they're them themselves or a loved one goes through something. And I'm not talking necessarily about race in this case, but we'll extend it to it. I'm talking about like literally we live in a country where school shootings are happening every day and Republicans on the right will be like, well, we just need to get better guns or better people with more people need guns. to have guns. Because Let's just put then, more guns in a situation. Yeah. Right. And that's the takeaway for them. But until like Matt Gates's kid gets shot in the face going to school will he ever say anything on the floor about it to make policy why why is it that white people in whatever bubble they exist in just don't understand the plight of any other person on the planet just like That's... i can't believe there's no water in india i can't believe this. like there's no <laughs> like i can't believe <laughs> a great extension of that question and conversation is one that uh my wife and i've had many times um and it's about specifically i always bring it up about white women because this is where i notice it but That's it's not yeah not only is it they don't they are un incapable of expressing empathy until it becomes personal for them but once it becomes personal for them it becomes the biggest thing it's in their life they ha exactly they can't ever just learn about something and then like understand why it's fucked up and then like maybe it should be right they then have to become the captain of the ship they have to be the ones writing all the wrongs and the the only, like the interesting thing about this uh specific piece of literature is that hmm. he decided to become the crusader before he fully understood what it was personally Ooh, yeah yeah. But that's the pattern is like they don't they either don't know or they're aware but don't really care. Then something pushes it to the forefront and makes it personal for them. And then they have to be the person that fix it. They don't reach out to people who have already been working on it. They don't, no. you know, see how they can help. They have to be the one to save everyone from the thing. I have to save all of the dogs that are in the shelter that are too old and aren't being adopted. <laughs> like it's even though even though there's literature about dogs and shelters. That's probably accessible. To Even though the SPCA is like, please don't. 
right right <laughs> they're like oh there's all these exotic animals that are that are just happen to be in the country well i'm gonna create my own uh haven for them and they're gonna come and live here on my reservoir even though i have no knowledge or experience and probably would be causing more harm well, to these animals and it's like uh, don't don't perfect do example in 2020 in i want to say either maine or some new england area some white person was like we should create community reparations like we should have like some form of reparations for black I've people i heard about this yes and like you should be able to donate to black people anonymously into a fund you know what i mean and like you know it'll go to to people and what happened was they all donated to the most prominent well-known black people oh, of in the community and so like the more visible they were the more they were like oh these people are doing something with you know this and then like all the black people who signed up for it were like all right i ain't getting any money right so like, where's <laughs> you know what i mean all this person's getting all the money and i'm not getting any money how is this reparation how is this working you know what i mean and that's the thing like they they were so focused on like making the thing that they didn't think for a second how are we going to disseminate this equally and fairly to the people who need it most right they were just like well we did it we did it it's so dumb. Yep. we helped and we that's we're helping. just just like the film it's like i'm the crease i'm the crusader i'm the captain i did the thing you're welcome it's like that it's like that sailor moon meme where a tuxedo mask is like um you're welcome and then yusagi's like you didn't do anything like <laughs> exactly <laughs> But that's the thing too. So let me let like, I'll proffer a theory, you know, briefly because I think the answer to your question, Cameron, is white people are raised and socialized to be individual people who have no mm, connection or any kind of like if a, a white mass shooter. Well, there's not white violence. There's not an outset of of white you know men go like that's not me that was that individual's decision and choice and i'm not you know but like one black person shoots you know or or even more recently right like a bunch of black kids rob a target or whatever it was in philadelphia and it's like there's a crime epidemic black people are crazy and they're robbing all the department stores and it's like that was an isolated incident <laughs> that happened. And like, you know, but we but we have to answer. We all have to, you know, that's a question at the at the water cooler where they say, Well, what can you do? Like what 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 should be done about? And it's like, I don't know that nigga, dog. Right. I'm here. There's, 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 <laughs> see, but that's also part of like the black experience is like, so say for example, we saw like there would be like a black school shooter. The first thing black people would do, like, damn, oh man, right, black. Bro. Uh, we we eat that, we eat that L, right? But right. when there's a white school shooter, and obviously there are plenty, they don't go, oh damn, oh it was Harold again, oh man, yeah, or it was just like, well, you know, yeah, it's, it's another just day. a guy, it's, it's just a, a guy. dude with the mental health crisis that has him. no connection to me. It's, it's, yeah, I don't do. That's yeah, not my and fault. it's like, I, there's I think... no responsibility, there's no <laughs> cultural responsibility. That, and that's what it was community. like in the 50s though it was like oh those those racist whites in the south can't believe they're lynching these black people i'm here in my manhattan apartment right guess i can't really do anything about it shucks you know like not but i'm also one of the good ones yeah right i'm also so one like, of the I, good smile, I smile at my doorman every time i come home <laughs> every time 
I tip them sometimes too. I was about to say, have you ever tipped them? (laughs) But so, so I think that's that again, like the the movie kind of, like you said, Cameron ends on a shrug of just like, I did my part. What are you going to do? It doesn't even extend the baton. Like (laughs) I would be willing to give it some grace if it was like, so what if it did like a, just a full fourth wall break. And it was like, well, what are you going to do about this problem? But it it literally is just like, yeah, man, we did it. I did it. I survived. A more savvy show or movie, like, like even the twilight zone that was out at the time would probably give you a wink at the end. Like now it's on you. Like, you know what what would be the consequences of this unchecked right versus this movie which was like i went down to the south and some crazy shit happened this, what else this, happened this movie does feel much. like a buzzfeed this this white man became black for six weeks and you won't believe bro. what happened and you won't believe it, bro. Yeah, <laughs> click, click all the way down to the bottom oh my god that's perfect it that's really it that's is. it like because nothing happens. Right. Like nothing happens. You clicked on it. We moved on. You just clicked through 12 slides. Oh my and you God. learned a damn thing about shit. Couldn't get a job. Can't get a, can't get a job. You walked a bunch. <laughs> so I, I want to ask this question because we're not going to reimagine this movie because why would we do that? No, but fuck this movie. I actually, I actually had an idea for that. Oh, oh. let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. Go. And it just came to me just now. Uh, this movie is a Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. In which someone wakes up, and it's not like a virulent, virulent racist, you know, it's just like an average dude, not a journalist, mm-hmm. just a regular guy. White dude, he wakes up, he's black. And he's been like, he wakes up in an existing body that's like been, you know, been black or whatever, but he's new to it and he has to live as a black man. And everyone's reacting to him because he's not acting normal. Like he puts him, he gets in dangerous situations a bunch of times because he's still behaving as a white man. He thinks how things should be as a white man. He doesn't fully understand, mm. um, you know, th- the reality of blackness. And so, like, he lives as a black man for let's say there's not a good establishment of time, yeah. but like he, more than six you know, there's weeks. Like a thing- <laughs> Exactly, exactly. He lives what he thinks Sometime. he lives what he thinks is like a full life as a black man. Like he he meets someone, he gets married, they have kids, and then they have to deal with uh, the racism as a family, all that stuff. Maybe they interact with the clan, I don't know. Um and then towards in towards there's there's going to be some build up scene towards the end and then uh he wakes up and it's a dream and he learns nothing because the whole point of the episode is that even with um living in uh, a black man's skin, a life in the black man's shoes. Once they return to whiteness, it doesn't matter because they're it good. Doesn't matter, now. right? Yeah, that's the that's the only thing. So that's the only way I could see this movie being reimagined in a way that made sense, and it would be for a black audience. Like yeah, I said, Twilight right. Zone, but it's honestly, it's more of like an Atlanta season three episode than anything. Right. <laughs> um, and it's like the whole point is like, even when gone to the extreme lengths to be empathetic and change things for us once they've returned to the safe haven of whiteness that won't happen so we shouldn't mm-hmm. expect it right yeah well because my question was going to be and i i think that's a great example because there's others examples of this and like has this has this ever worked right like the race swap movie or idea right so we're talking about obviously soul man did not work that was not a successful (laughs) thing um but you know i mean between like 
I, I, I guess the thing with two heads might count. Um, you know, there's. I mean, that's white man's burden. Yeah, they went white traded man the burden. whole races all together. Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, um, at all. Uh, what movie am I thinking about? I mean, there's the reverse with Watermelon Man, right? Uh-huh. Um, there's. Uh, I was looking it up. I'd never seen this movie before, but I always think about it. Um, what was it called? Down to Earth, the Chris Rock movie Chris Rock. where he comes back oh, as a white man, and that's know. a remake. That's a remake of like Heaven Can Wait. Heaven right? Can Wait, the one yeah. movie. Um, there's. Uh, I mean, if you want to count like Bullworth or like uh, what's up with Warren Beatty trying to be somebody else? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but like all of these movies that kind of rely on you know trading places to an extent, right? You know, like it's Definitely. not like they don't literally swap races, but like but it's they, about class experience, right. yeah, yeah. Like, this is this ever a good idea? You know what I mean? To like to switch. And be like, and see, here's the moral of the lesson, because like, is there is there anything to be learned or gained, or is it? And a lot of the ways that this movie is is kind of sensationalist, where you're kind of playing on and exploiting, you know, like real life trauma and harm. But it's kind of like because these movies are usually comedic. Like, there's never like a dramatic like, <gasps> whoa, like this is you know, White Man's Burden was the closest we've seen to that. You know, and that was terrible. But terrible. like a lot of these other movies seem to be playing it for jokes. It's like, you know, it's it's a whole slew of like white people do this and black people do that. That's, and like, yeah, like <laughs> I was thinking you said down to earth and I used to watch that movie. I used to run that movie into the ground and the entire <laughs> premise of that movie. What if Chris Rock was a white man with power? Like that's the whole movie. And like. It doesn't analyze that in a critical way at all. It's just like. It's like, you know his stand-up? Now it's coming out of a white face. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, this is the whole... <laughs> Chris Rock, I may mention, as the uh, future director, I believe, yes. of a Martin Just Luther King Jr. Luther biopic. King Jr. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock and... of Saw, Book of Spiral. Spiral, Book of Saw. <laughs> it's gonna Chris, direct... Chris Rock of <laughs> Sure Love White Women. <laughs> Fame. You know, good so, a white woman. Oh. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I try to get a job from him. I ain't worried about that. <laughs> but it is like I I do wonder because there've been a a lot of them. Like it's not like they tried it once and we're like, ah, oh, it wasn't really a good idea. Like it's like they keep trying to come back to it in different ways. Because even I forget what this movie was, and it kind of got washed away because of the whole controversy. Well. Rebel Wilson had a movie coming out at the same time and she was like, I'm the first plus size woman to star in a romantic yes. comedy. And people were like, this. do you remember Queen Latifah? Because <laughs> she's got multiple of those. And Rebel Wilson sat <laughs> down <okay>. and uh, <laughs> haven't heard much since. But uh, <laughs> but there was a movie, I want to say, where it was like a, a radio announcer, like this white radio announcer either was like pretending to be like a obnoxious black woman or like traded places. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Or like, I remember seeing this. Yeah. He this did. Is... It was kind of like, sorry to bother you. And, and, but instead of having a white voice, he did like a, he did like a stereotypical black woman voice. 
to get a job and it worked and then and he that, just like moonlights as uh Shaniqua for uh, yeah that's what I was gonna long. say it was like Shaniqua or Shaquan or some shit like that Ooh. and I don't know if that ever came out because I I wasn't following that up but like, yeah was... I remember seeing that trailer and being like what people, people agree with this happy people about shot it. this yeah, we still yeah. here we still we still with it um but that's like the, I mean because it, it often does devolve into that like there's never any real earnest looks at it and the end of it is usually like we were saying like and then what right because you go through this whole journey usually the point of a movie specifically like a moral tale is to say and what have we learned and what can we do and at the end of it it's kind of like so it's hard for them yeah who knows why and it's like because of you you're the, you're the one. <laughs> you were in the house the whole time. It was your house. <laughs> it's literally the the uh I think you should leave sketch. Um it's literally the who we're all trying to figure out who did this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy in the hot dog suit. Yeah. Like, bro, it's you. <laughs> so how can we fix it's like, I don't know, but maybe st- first stop doing this. And then, <laughs> okay, that's a good idea. Well, what then? What it's else like, do we do? <laughs> it's like someone is standing on your neck, and they're like, "Dang, bro, your neck is fucked up." Every time I see you, like you're, you're holding it a weird way. What can we do to relieve the pressure from your neck? And it's like, uh, maybe you can fucking move. Just get off. Just lift, you lift your leg. Because that's that's the thing. Like I think part of this movie too that in the book and another reason why i reject the premise yes i'm saying this on the podcast that we're doing where we're talking about white people and white savior films <laughs> but black people don't we don't really think about white people like that like we're not talking about you or having conversations about you or want, like we're trying to avoid you mostly and like just live and not engage with that you know what i mean like we typically we we think about and talk about because like survival like we need to know and like have those conversations so that you know we don't end up in in a bad situation but like we're not sitting around like in this movie or in the book like there's multiple like so what are we going to do about these white people and like what can be yes. done about white people and like what are like what do you think about these white people and it's like i don't know like can we you know it's again this movie fails the blackdale test because like they don't talk about <laughs> Black people. No. Black people aren't just talking about. So how was work today? Or like, you, no. <laughs> Literally, he gets in in that scene where he's sharing the bed with that dude he just met. Uh, the dude turns over and he's just like, "Man, uh, my son and all his friends sure do hate white people." But I keep telling them <laughs> we got to work with the we white people. What do them. you think about the we white? We need people? the white man. <laughs> like, like why? Are you- I was like. No, there's never, you're right. Like, there's never no, like, yo, where are you from? Like, what's it, what, you got a family? What's that like? It's just like, yeah. So, what do you think about the whites? Because we're all obsessed as black, as Negroids. <laughs> we're we obsessed off, with the white when we, men. When we turn off this microphone, all these microphones, we're literally going to talk about white people until <laughs> so, so, you know, midnight tonight. But that's, yeah, it's just like, it feels bizarre in that way because you're just like, 
y'all didn't talk about nothing else the whole time like you know because he kind of skips over that it's like we talked about yeah, you know, Christ like- and we talked about <laughs> yeah. you know like uh food and you know some other things but what i really want i was just waiting for them to get to the white people because little did they, it's like the fucked up version of undercover boss where it's like little did they know <laughs> <laughs> they really it just, it's just undercover boss <laughs> like it's <laughs> Undercover <laughs> overseer, where he. Right. Uh... <laughs> oh shit! Oh, oh that's a that's that's the Saturday Night oh, Live man. sketch where I I, went on, I was a I was a slave. That's the for... Saturday Night Live that I would watch. God, that, oh man, that's amazing! And we eat the pig feet. You should, okay. Right, I, I'll, Why are you scared I'll... to eat it? <laughs> I don't understand. Why do you guys eat the entrails of the animal when you could just have the? Fl- Oh, we can have the flesh. We're not allowed. This is all we're getting. <laughs> oh yeah, I knew that. You know, my yeah, 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 no. uh, They were just nice, I guess. Oh. Can I? Can I talk to the master about? Yeah, yeah. can we have a no? chat? Let me squeeze oh, in here. He... Chat. Oh, he'll chop my foot off. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, he killed the last three niggas that tried to chat with him. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's let's briefly though I do want to because we've talked a lot of shit about John and like while I do think this was a, a certain level of fuckery like he lived a he lived a life you know what I mean like he first of all was out during uh, World War II was breaking out around him and he was in France you know studying and he was helping smuggle Austrian Jews to safety over to England uh during the 1920s and then he was in the air force had a whole time you know like during world war ii at one point he contracted spinal malaria and was temporarily paralyzed below the legs for a certain amount of time and recovered from that then he slowly went blind i forgot uh, about that after having a concussion he received from you know a japanese bomb and then for some reason i don't know got his sight back in 1957 yeah so you know he was he was blind temporarily got his sight back was paralyzed temporarily got his legs back he's a lucky motherfucker uh and then i think he became paralyzed again at a certain point and then regained movement again so like he went through multiple just instances of that he does black like me to his credit i guess it took him a while but he did stop touring the book and talking about it because he was like you should hear from black people like black people have written books like this and have talked about this stuff and like you should maybe i'm not the person to be up front you know speaking on these topics and it's like i okay self-awareness maybe a little later than you know you would have liked there's actually a point and i know i know i kind of should have done this earlier but there is a point in the um the later edition that's like uh, republished in 78 he he has this anecdote towards the end where he's like uh talking about how he's always getting invited to do like press to like speaking towards mm. engagements and stuff for the book and so he goes to this one town and he does this like little event he does his little speech or whatever and then afterwards they have like a little cocktail hour and he's like talking to people and they're all talking about like the the one black uh like doctor in the town and they're like so proud of him they're like oh yeah that one he's got his degree and he's he he lo- he's he loves it here he's it, well you know it's great for him and someone like asked him and uh they they asked the black doctor and he's like i'm, I'm not gonna say anything about 
he's like, yeah, things are good. All right. Things are all right, I guess. And like, no, 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 really speak on how you feel. So he gives this real uh, impassioned speech about it. He was like, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say things are good for me, but I uh, I can't really agree with that because me and my wife have to drive, have to live an hour away because we can't buy a house here because y'all won't let us and stuff like that. He just keeps going. And all the white people there get angry they're real pissed off about him and they start they're like well you that nigga needs to be more grateful and i can't believe da, 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 da. and then john is like okay so this is funny because y'all invited me here to tell you about the plight of the black man and i told you everything and you you applauded me you gave me a standing ovation you asked the black man who live who works here with you and he tells you the same thing i said and you react with anger Maybe think about that. So he gets to the point where he's like, it's wild that I'm being invited to come out here and tell people how to fix the racial problem in their city. And they're applauding me for it when, when all I'm doing is before I have those engagements, I go meet with the black leaders in the city and ask them what's wrong, what's happening, and just give them the information. All they need to do is talk to black people because they're <laughs> the ones who can tell them how to fix things. And yeah. so like... I was like, okay, cool. He got there. Eventually he was like, oh yeah, um, maybe we should just ask them. <laughs> we should just have a conversation with black people. I don't know why it took me writing an entire book and you know, gathering fame and money to get there, but yeah. um I got it there. In my face. Um yeah. yeah, and like he had to he had to leave the country after the book came out because people were so mad at him and were threatening him, burning crosses and whatnot. Um and then like he went to Mexico for a bit. There's a he got beat up by the Ku Klux Klan. Like basically, like they pulled up on him, hit him with a tire iron, and like left him for dead. Like he went through it after this book came out. So it's it's one of those things where more than one thing can be true, right? Where like this probably wasn't necessary and not a very good idea, but also like he did stand on what he did and was like I. I, all of this is wrong like i do want to do what i can to like help and make things better like i don't know if he really made anything better but he thought he did but he he had and that's you know we talk about it a lot right like intention is one thing reality is a different thing right your intentions can be good the outcome can be bad right because maybe you didn't think this whole situation through so like <laughs> I, I wanted to give him credit in the sense of like he did do some real shit and he did live a real life and like go through a lot of stuff again like his, he had to leave the country with his family like he was under constant you know threat but he also was still a white man with all the privileges of being a white man uh, and like his death has been kind of speculated about because people want to say or claim that he died as a result of all the chemicals in his body. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and the sun lamp. It was diabetes. He did die from diabetes. But like, I I'm going to assume that that stuff also wasn't good for him. So, <laughs> um, it didn't help. No. Uh, but quickly, let's let's jump into a few things here because I want to go and play our favorite game real quick about what this movie got on all these different platforms because i think it really is interesting still today how this movie is received but very quickly what i do want to do before i get into the movie itself i do want to go to the book i'm not going to ask you uh because i'll just i'll just tell you to but on goodreads right now it has a 4.10 
so 4.1 uh which is still like out of 67,000 reviews 39% five star 37% four star incorrect right so incorrect. people still love this book mostly the negative reviews are from black people who are kind of like sense. uh did y'all know <laughs> we're also here uh <laughs> that we can these read books instead these books <laughs> and we've written some books um and then over on again our our favorite amazon.com the book has a 4.1 again uh 4.7 actually Whoa. and still the same thing a lot of white people are like this book is profound it touched me when i read it when it came out or i read this in school or yada 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 um and it's still kind of like i but you can maybe like read the book and then read other books that yeah like, give you a better insight into what it's like to be black by but like i, I feel know, like the people who are giving them these high reviews are like reading this and then continuing their education by reading to kill a mockingbird and then they're like yeah man it's hard yeah, for black yeah, people yeah, yeah. according to whites like me yep. um well very quickly let's go around they are starting with imdb what do you think black like me the movie currently has out of 10 I'm gonna go with seven and a half. That's so crazy. Oh boy. This you, you wild boy. Well, I, I don't trust these people. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be like a five. Six point six. Wrong. <laughs> Bad. Six point six. Uh there's still a lot of like people writing reviews about this movie that are yeah, kind of like, hey, you know. Give it a chance. It's from a different time. You know, like different the message is still clear. Like, can't you see what he was trying to do? Yada, yada. And again, it's worse because James Whitmore, it's not like John Howard Griffin looked like a white, a black man, but like James start, Whitmore yeah. looks like a white man. Like, I can't say this enough. He looks, <laughs> he looks more like, like a, a white man, man than the actual white man that wrote this book. So. Yeah. It's it's crazy that you I mean that is kind of the only critique some people give it is like you know Whitmore's performance is not believable but it's like there's nothing really believable happening here. <laughs> um I would go to Rotten Tomatoes but there's only one review and it's uh <laughs> from 2020 uh so it has an audience score of 80% though on Rotten Tomatoes uh, so instead, I went to Letterboxd, and it's kind of a different rating system. But what do you think is the highest rated star rating? I guess between Cameron, you know how this works. One and a half yeah, stars it's out to, of five to and five they stars. Have half stars. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one and a half to five. Which which one do you think it's it's rated on the most? I'm gonna go three and a half. Yeah, Leatherbox is kind of a different community. I don't know how to. I would, I would guess it's like the peak. The peak. Uh, I it can't be like more than two point five. Uh, three. Three yeah. is the peak. Sixty-two three-star ratings, which is thirty-two percent. Forty-eight three and a half-star ratings, which is twenty-five percent. People are watching this in Letterbox days yeah. in the last two years, basically mm -hmm. saying that yes, this movie is. Yeah. Of merit. Yep. 
<laughs> they watching this with their dad that right, on their dad's deathbed, and he's like, "This is one of my favorite films." And then they got that. <laughs> and then this came out. Emotional this, center, and they're like, "This, this was Tom a great movie." Black football. Um, and then obviously our favorite Amazon.com. What do you think out of five stars Black Like Me currently has? I'm gonna go four. Yeah, man, you know that's like four point five. Four point four. Fuck yeah, they still love it. I mean, there's reviews you know here from 2022 it. that are five stars. <laughs> watched this last year. So it was like that is an excellent film. The yep. sequencing, the sound design, everything amazing. Five stars. And again, to repeat, like it's not well made. Like as a film, like as That's, a movie, it's, it's not even a good, good. movie. So <laughs> and it's, like, yeah, it, like outside of the racism, I just can't get over that somebody watched this in 2022 and was like. That was one of the best films I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, what? Well, let's let's get into our rating system. Calcastity ranking system there. You know how this goes. Three rankings of Calcastity. The first one, Shorts in the Winter. It's not quite there yet. But, you know, in the evenings, it's getting a little bit cooler. It's, it's still that kind of weird, like, you know, you might... You might have shorts and a hoodie on, you know, and that's acceptable, right? Because you, you're kind of dressing for two different climates day and night. But as we continue to go on throughout the year, getting into November, December, January, actual cold, actual like snow on the ground, ice on the ground, still continuing to wear shorts. And this is a curiosity, right? Nothing, no harm is being done. Nobody's being hurt really but we're just kind of like what 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 is the point of this why would you do that to your legs when you could you can just wear pants you could wear pants yes cameron what's the second level the second level called cassidy is this movie's touching my hair so at this point this movie is coming for you it's not necessarily trying to defeat you but it's definitely coming for you it's got questions and it wants to touch your skin and hair in order your to first stop <laughs> no fun, stop. Let me touch their hairs. <laughs> and you know what this is. We know what this is. This is a violence, but it's not hurting anybody. But we got questions. In the last level, I mean, I looked around and there are a few things, but honestly, I guess it really just has to be the GOP. I really it's, don't know what else to do with honestly, this. Honestly, the Republican Party is the craziest set of white people on the planet right now. From start to finish, whether it's Putting it, I mean, I you know, Kevin McCarthy is a dumbass. What for a stupid idiot! Ex like getting Absolutely. the job on the condition that we can just vote you out whenever we want, and then acting like they wouldn't do that and daring them to do that, and then after doing that after <laughs> they took nineteen rounds to get the job to begin with accepting the job with the condition that they can y'all can vote me out if you want to and they didn't want you to have the job in the first place and he's like Sir. i bet you won't and then the next day they're like <laughs> kevin mccarthy is one who <laughs> fucked around and found out he's yeah. uh idris elba in american gangster <laughs> you shoot me in the middle of the street wow yes, nigga. yes. bye yes bye <laughs> And give them my $20. <laughs> uh, so now, you know, they've completely tanked the government in order to... What? Yeah, Hunter Biden is bad, I guess. I'm unclear on what the situation laptop. is. Uh, also, laptop. Emails. Some Guns. of them floating. And this is a thing I did not know. And it sounds crazy. And maybe, I don't know, we should change this. That 
the Speaker of the House doesn't have to be an elected member of Congress. And so now um, they are saying maybe Trump could be Speaker of the House, which is like well, that man may not even be free. A public citizen. <laughs> I'm saying. Soon. Which, like, that's... And even, that's like a reality. That's about yeah. a reality. Like, crimes aside, isn't he y'all's presidential candidate? Yeah. Or one mic. What's what's happening but speaking of that man too like everything coming out of these hearings in new york where the judge is like oh there's not a case you committed fraud like we <laughs> we're not we're not going to court here I'm these documents are pretty fraud. clear <laughs> I, I i just need to look through the documents to see how bad it actually is you know uh and seeing that and you can you can testify to this cameron because like it's crazy his him saying that his Manhattan apartment, estimating it at two hundred percent, space like there's you there's no no there's no space like that in New York. There's no no apartment is my, as big as he was saying. My dude said the real numbers that estimated square footage in my apartment. No fuck all that. I'm gonna say one billion. How about that? One billion square foot. My apartment it's, is the biggest apartment you've ever it's seen. Central Park, like it's the whole park. Like it's, I, just, I live. <laughs> In a Central Park apartment, ground like, floor. If you looked at the numbers and then looked at the actual building, you would say that literally doesn't make sense. It literally cannot be that big. This is, <laughs> no, that's not physically possible. And he like, was are like, you talking vertically? Try me. <laughs> like, try me. <laughs> biggest apartment. So there, but this is all. It's all meant to cause harm. They know what they're doing. There's no hiding it. It's not an accident. It's not, you know, oops. Can't believe. I mean, even Lauren Barbar. Oops, touching a penis. Touching <laughs> a people boob juice. in the middle of a family musical. <laughs> Let me just pull out my titty real quick. Well, <laughs> how did really that happen? The, the problem was he was a Democrat, so that's why I ended up uh, rubbing the his, his family-friendly theater show. You need to know who you're going on dates with, apparently. Yeah. So yeah, like, where do you think this movie lands on on that scale? It's funny because before uh, before I came on tonight, I was thinking about like I wonder where I would rate this, and I was thinking it was probably gonna be like touching my hair because I was like, it it's it's definitely like harmful, but it's also it didn't feel super violent. It it didn't feel like it was it was just more like why would you do this? But through this conversation, it's definitely the Republican Party because it's harmful and many ways and because of the weird way that they chose to adapt it like mm. it starts pushing forth or reinforcing messages that either weren't there in the book in the first place or just weren't as prominent like they might have been there uh, a little bit but it's not really what he was focused on focusing on because he was trying to be a savior you know yeah. he was trying to push a certain narrative to get white people to understand something and the movie was just kind of like yeah, you know, if you look like a nigga for 10 minutes, you're you going to get <laughs> mad randomly and you're going to attack white men when they ask to see your penis or if they ask about <laughs> your penis at all, really. men, White men are obsessed with sex lives and black men want to kill every white man for being obsessed with their sex lives. Yeah. And it like I'm like, it just... And then on top of that, didn't get into any of the stuff in the book that I'm not going to say necessarily was good, but could have been eye-opening for 
mm. a white mm -hmm. audience mm -hmm. because like you alluded to a lot of the book is just him being like I gotta use the bathroom. All right, well, you gotta walk 12 miles because ain't no bathroom for niggas around here. Oh man, I'm hungry. All right, well, you gotta walk 15 miles because ain't no food for niggas around here. Like a lot of the book is that, which is like stupid and boring. It's like trite to us because like, duh, nigga. But like, it was really jarring for him. He didn't really, he never really realized that like you can't function as a human in society as a black person because of how society is limited to you mm -hmm. that was very a very eye-opening experience to him and could have been a very eye-opening experience to his audience but the movie doesn't give you any of them of that no. the movie is just like yeah you know um sometimes people will pick you up and then they'll ask you if you want to fuck white women or they'll ask if you're but a they'll white, demand it. white man but but um, there'll be one white man who's just an angel he's, so he's super nice but then you'll feel like a <laughs> so dick sweet. because you'll assume he's gonna ask about your right. penis and he just wanted to know if you were married. He just wanted to tell you about his kids. And he and that's you on you. Yeah, you're the asshole. You're the asshole. <laughs> Who's the racist now? So it's like, not only does it promulgate like prob uh, problematic messages, but then any of any good things that you could glean from the original story, mm. it completely ignores that. So it's right. nothing but harm being done at yeah, that point. Yeah. Oh, Cameron, what do you think? Oh, it's a three and a half. This is doing damage for further generations, bro. This is some bad <laughs> shit. I wrote, this is, this is the quote, where this might be the most racist movie we've watched for good and for bad. That is the quote that I wrote down in all capital letters. It's, so I don't think I have anything else to say on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I have to go in for the, the rare double drop because first, like... That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. That's that's definitely not how anything works. I don't know why he thought that he was going to be able to smooth go down to Alabama and just pass <laughs> it off. Like, and nobody's going to ask any questions. Uh, but then, of course... Ugh, you ugly as fuck! You out of pocket! Like, literally ugly as fuck, right? Like, literally <laughs> hideous. But also out of pocket. You know what I mean? Like, also, like... What? Yeah. What's happening? You know, like both of them. I, I I just can't wrap my head around the compulsion, the idea. And like there's parts of the book too that I question not necessarily the veracity of it, but like there's a point in which the uh dermatologist who is is doing like all of the stuff with him says to him in the book, I guess, he's gonna say this is a quote. And now you go into oblivion. And it's like, I don't think anybody's saying that shit. <laughs> Who's dropping true. Oppenheimer quotes during a time like this? <laughs> so there's certain parts where I'm like, there's a heightened sense to this that like, I'm not saying it's cat, but I'm saying mm, embellished maybe a little bit. Uh, so with all of that, it's like you do all of this. And then what is gained? Right? Like, what do you what do you learn? What is what is happening here? really just sensation like the movie more than the book 10 times more it's just sensation 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 uh like i don't i i i got nothing from it 
It's an hour and 47 minutes and 47 minutes in. I said, there's, there's an hour left, bro. Literally. I was <laughs> like, what is happening? Why? Like, what else? Cause this nothing has happened up and to this point. And they repeat stuff. Like they repeat beats <laughs> over and over and over. Oh my gosh. The so, way I forgot the way it closes out and it just takes you through all of the people that he happened. interacted with and all of the, and does nothing with it. Does nothing. Yeah. It's like, it's I like remember this, remember them, remember that person. Um, so I know some of us have to go, so I don't want to keep us here too much longer. But I will say for a recommendation, what I will recommend that everybody read in lieu of this book, because the other thing that you see on a lot of these good reads and other places is like, oh, I read this at school or this is like was mm. suggested reading in school or like it was assigned reading in school. And what should be assigned reading in school instead of that, which is a book I'm reading now, is Barracoon, which is a Zora Neale Hurston account of the literal last enslaved man brought over from africa on a slave ship to america and his life story and like her just talking to him and like getting everything from him about what it was like living in africa what it was like coming over on the middle passage what it was like you know being enslaved for as long as he was what it's what it's like not being <laughs> enslaved anymore oh, wow. and and suddenly having this and and his strong desire to go back to Africa and basically understanding that I'll probably never see my home again. You know what I mean? And so like, that's a much better book and a much more necessary experience to understand being black in America than a white man, uh, <laughs> doing, doing a weird experiment, social experiment for six, like again, six weeks, six weeks, six weeks, six weeks. That's two a real months. quick in and out. Not right? even that's, two months. That's yeah. And they you know just what I mean, did it to get a report card and bounced and left because it because he couldn't take it anymore. You know what I mean? It wasn't like time was up or like money ran out. It was like I hate being black. <laughs> I love it in the and movie. He even... throws his little tantrum too. He's like, "That fucking sucks." <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I'm like, bro, what you expect? <laughs> Um, but Dare, thanks so much for for coming on talking about this movie with us because, oof, boy, I not a fan. Uh, okay. Yeah, thank you for making us go through it a little bit. Yeah, oh, you are you are very welcome. <laughs> yes, and this is uh, I'll say this you know we say this sometimes, but this is a movie that we watched so you didn't have to. So don't watch Black like me, please. <laughs> Listen to this and then you know if you want to do some extra research, but like. I would maybe skim the book if you want. Like, I just got a free PDF version. I didn't read the Wikipedia page for the author and then the book, and you're good. That's all you need to do. Read the Wikipedia page. Read Invisible Man. There you go. There you go. (laughs) And I will say this real quick, because this is a very interesting aspect of this whole story that I, I meant to get to a little bit earlier, is that there is a journalist, Ray Spriggle, uh, of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, who in 1948 did the same thing before yeah, he did it first he did it. So this this isn't even the first time that somebody had done it, <laughs> and that man I believe got a Pulitzer Prize for it. <laughs> so he, he didn't get one of those for this. He went, sorry, John. He, he went down to uh, the Deep South with political and social leader John Wilson Dobbs, who was provided to him by the NAACP, and wrote. A series of 21 articles that was titled I Was a Negro in the South for 30 Days, which is really a BuzzFeed headline. If I I read one. 
<laughs> but it was like a groundbreaking, you know, series and like undercover. And I'll shout out this dude too, because like, uh, he originally like uncovered a person running for mayor in the 1930s who was actually a member of the Ku Klux Klan and exposed them and got that man unelected. So like, shout out to him for yeah. least, like, he's real doing that kind of work. You know what I mean? We're doing real journalism. Um, but Dare, tell everybody where they can find you. Does X still exist? Is that a thing that you do? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do I'm you on have the, going on? I'm on the application formerly known as Twitter um, at Battical Dude. I am on uh, Instagram also at Battical Dude. I am now on Blue Sky um, oh. also at Battical Dude. Um, I'm gonna. I'm around the DFW. I actually recently re-enrolled in school, so I'm out a lot less than I used to be. <laughs> um, but if you can find me, you know, we can hang out. We can talk about uh, racist films, um, <laughs> stuff. Um, I've been real big. This has been a, if you don't know, this has been a real big Spider-Man year. So I'm actually yeah. uh, kind of starting a personal thing where um, I just kind of want to talk to different people about the interactions with the character, like how they got into the character and their, their journey with Spider-Man and how that's, you know, affected them in their personal lives. So if you would like to share your uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man story, please talk get at me. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. The last thing I'll say is um, when you're done listening to this, Google um, what space movie came out in 1992. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> what do you have going on? Writer strike is over. Shout out to right. the writers. Shout out to the writers. Actor strike what they not want. over yet. Actor strike still going, but hopefully at, by the time this comes out, hmm. maybe maybe that world might be different. Fingers crossed. Um, you can catch me on catch me out here in these streets, Exxon at uh, <laughs> the Blipster eleven thirty eight. Uh, I'm the Blipster1138 on Instagram as well. Not on Blue Sky, not on Threads yet. We're we're still we're still searching. Where mm. where are we all at? I, I want to find I where we about all threads. at. Yeah, I'm yeah. also on Threads at Battle Dude, by the way. There you go. Find, find the guy. Um, yeah, we still we we cooking. We cooking right now. Mm. Mm. It's been a it's been a year of cooking, but hopefully next go around we got something we got something to talk about. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter, Twitter, X, whatever it's called, and Instagram at JRSOSA18, JRSOSA18. Um, comic stuff is happening. I'm waiting to announce things. We'll announce things soon. Also for us, we're talking about this, uh, our Halloween episode. Hey. Should we watch Karen? I think we're going to watch Karen. I think we're so going we to watch, watch Karen. Karen. Be, uh, be on the lookout for that. That'll be coming up soon. Uh, but if you want to reach out to us and suggest other movies we should watch or interested in being a guest or anything like that, you can hit us up at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. You can also find us at white underscore pod on X and uh, somewhere else at uh, some until point. we move over to we're IG, waiting for maybe? some dust to settle. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. seems like the best place, but we'll we'll figure that out. Um, but that'll be it for us this week. We'll see you in two weeks. Peace. Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us.
don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved.